Yes! Oh my God, Sean, Sean, it's a ma it's a magical James. day. James, I was in the middle of my hernia surgery. What what do you what do you need? What is this emergency? Wow, wow. Uh, wh yeah. Why are you doing it in your apartment? Health insurance is weird, James. I'm bleeding out. What do you need? That we got true. a guest today. Oh, hey man, what's going on? It's I'm Nick. Hey, how's it going? How's the surgery? Not not great. Sorry, I'm bleeding on you. Uh, it's not usually how I like to meet people, but you know, you do what you gotta do. Yeah, I'm used to it. I needed to get you guys in the same room ASAP because I have unearthed two songs back back when I was in high school. And I was thinking maybe I can unearth even more, put them out, because I need to make money. They're just sitting there. Why? I could be wow. getting cash. You're gonna Geraldo Rivera yourself? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh... Good luck. Let's. How 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 are they? How do they sound? I mean, the, the quality wise, in the audio quality wise, there's some. I had to go from like a cassette deck into another like surround sound because I used to mix in 5.1 and then I yeah, onto okay. cassette. Don't know how. Okay. Uh, I was okay, James. There's a lot of nerd. That's a lot of nerd shit I don't care about, and I'm still bleeding. Just play the tape. Okay. Man. All right. This first one is called "In My Cellar." Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. I like that there's a drum. Yo, ho, I got you in my cellar. I'm gonna heat you up, and then I'll eat you up. Yo, ho, I got you in my cellar. I'm Don't gonna heat again. you up, and then I'll eat you up. Yeah. Okay, James, can I stop? Can, I, can you stop? Can you stop? Yeah, what's up? Thank no, you. No, just, but like, yeah, just like stop. Just like don't play that anymore. I don't think you've got money here. Well, let me keep. You haven't even gotten into the verse yet. Ugh. Are, are you sure? I feel like I kind of got the idea. Don't you feel like yeah. you got the idea? I feel like I've got the idea. Let me keep playing it. I think yeah. you. I'll, I'll reset it a little bit. Let's get into Don't, this. That's verse. not necessary. That's not Please. necessary. Please. I mean. Okay. Okay. Ready? Sure. Yes. And then I'll eat you up. Yeah. Dirty, crazy bitch. I got you in my cell. Thought I was a gentleman. I ain't a devil. Fell the hot needles in your cut. I see you are a yellow. I chop you up and cook you up. And then I'm gonna sell you. Yo, ho, You're gonna you sell? No, wait. Hold on. And then hey, this is this seller like and sell you. Yeah, but this just that's just human trafficking. That's not that's not fun. There's nothing. There's nothing great about that. That's that's just sad. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. You think human trafficking think is cool? I mean, there is a dog barking in the background in this song. Like, it's baked in there, but... Oh, there's a dog barking. That makes it okay for you to promote human trafficking. Oh, well, it's fine, guys. It's all allegoric. Well, okay. Okay, then you're gonna have to break this one down for me real slow. What is allegorical about those lyrics. Okay, when you're sitting and you're like, wow, I'm just so pissed off at the world, you have to get that rage out. And usually you're in like the cellar of your mind. Oh, the cellar of your mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. I, th I just think some things, some things get buried for a reason. Like you're like, I, I like what you're doing now. Okay. I, it's, it, it's beautiful how you've grown as an artist. And I think we should appreciate how you've grown as an artist instead of trying to capitalize on a bunch of bullshit you made when you were a dumb child. Well, also, here's another hidden meaning behind it is like I so badly wanted to be in this industry of showbiz 
that I would okay. do anything to do it. And I'm just like, I got to consume, you know? I think maybe bad. you should try just sleeping yeah. with people. Okay, you should try you, okay. sleeping with people. Well, let's yeah. let's. Uh, you guys didn't like this cannibalistic type stuff. Let's go for more of a. Uh, I, I feel like maybe we should just talk about how you could sleep with people instead. You should. Of you should fuck your way song. to the top. Yeah. Okay. Well, this one's a sad song. So, you, can I play this one? You're going to anyway. All right. Production's pretty good. I like that there are drums again. Wait, James, yeah, what's that in the background? It sounds like you're getting yelled at by your mom. Uh, my, uh, yeah. So this is introspective. I'm being sad. And uh, this was the best take. I did not know at the mm. time that my parents were arguing in the other room. Oh, God damn it, James. You want to Jesus Christ. Well, this was okay. the best take and I polished it up as best as I could. All right, James. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to keep playing it, okay? Okay, go ahead. Please don't. The dog did I start can't, barking. I can't. No. So the dog barking wasn't even part of it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I beg of you, stop it. The dog barking wasn't even part of the first one. It just happened to be a dog barking in the background, and you... Yes, that so much of a that, I thought that's I thought that was implied inferred. That was also my best take. Did not know my dog was barking, but at least this time the dog is barking for a reason, and that's because my parents were arguing. It's nice you had a dog. It's nice that you had a dog. Yes, James, this intro is going on too long. Can you get to the third song? Oh, there, that's it. I just had okay. two. Okay, oh, great. God. So yes. I'm about I'm about to pass out from blood loss. Um, but before I do, I just need to let you know that you did a bad job and I'm disappointed. Okay, goodbye. Wait, don't you think those songs are pretty... <coughs> Wicked. Oi, 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 motherfuckers. Yo, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Out of the bat. Out of the gate. Oi, oi, oi. I didn't think I was fearing that I would be. Hey, guys, it's Shuffling the Deck, the definitive introductory ICP playlist podcast with me, James. And I'm still Sean. Ooh, I was thinking about talking in tongues, but I was like, is that appropriative? Is that yeah, culturally yeah. insensitive? But I really don't think it is. It's just people bullshitting, right? Well, I mean, it's religion and like a whole thing. It's pretty serious. People really do that. Yeah. Uh, it, I wouldn't care if you did it, though. And I was like raised in that. So which I think that makes me an authority. Oh, you were raised in, uh, what is that, Bapt is that Baptist? Or what is, what is, I what is tongues? I went to Catholic school in kindergarten and then went to Christian school, which I feel like I guess it's Baptist, but it was just like general Christianity school until like I was 10 and then just got thrown to the wolves. Oh, shit. Then you just got raised by wolves <laughs> afterwards. We ran, out, yeah, we ran out of classes. And they took me to public school, too. It was crazy. Oh, buddy. I was Pentecostal, by the way. Sorry. Just for all of our Christian listeners out there that don't want to make sure we get the information out there, Pentecostal, I believe, is the uh, speaking in tongues sect of Christianity. It's Why is that my role in this people. podcast? 
it's also I thought Nick was gonna say, yeah, I, I like spoke with snakes, you know, the that sect of Christianity. <laughs> I was a parcel tongue Christian. Yeah. Also, we have we have a guest. We do have a guest, guys. <laughs> I mean, you know oh, him. Yeah, I, I am here <laughs> from his rap music. You might know him from his podcasting. That you know, he took a short break. I don't know why. It was like two years ago he stopped doing podcasts. Who knows? It's Nick. Period. Yes, thank you for having me. I, I haven't really stopped. I just kind of repurposed them to like YouTube vids and stuff. Oh. Like that. So you can still find them on my YouTube channel. That's also just Nick. Period. Hell yeah. Why aren't I oh subscribed to that? On YouTube? Yeah. Why haven't you been telling me <laughs> yeah. about this? I I thought you saw. I, that's what I've been commenting on your awesome videos on your podcast, like MLM Pod, in your like video game. I watched our video game videos the other day. It was awesome. Ooh, Watching the, okay. the Transformer yeah, BattleBots thing. Beast Wars. Oh, I love Beast Close Wars. Close enough. I got in the middle. <laughs> I got in the middle somewhere. Transformers Beast Bots. Is it yeah, I was close. Animal robot transformative powers. Oh my gosh! Nick yeah, is so that good was exactly you. what it was. Hell yeah! yeah. It's, it's great to meet you. First off, definitely. Yeah, great it's to meet also you. Also, always great to see you, James. Hello. <laughs> so Nick, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you've listened to this show in our format. I wouldn't blame you. I listen to our. I listen to our show, and so many weeks I wish I didn't. And. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not so because uh, so, format wise we didn't we, we didn't we didn't run this down. Uh, we'll do like two things before we get into the album. Uh, just kind of set up the year. Is that okay? Yeah. Do you have anywhere to be? No, I'm on board for whatever, man. Well, also, James, I have mm -hmm. places to be because I'm planning on getting high tonight while watching Chomps and Ghoulies go to college. So we got to get this done quick. I feel like you made Wait, those like up. Chopped or Chomped? Yeah, because I was like, I love the cooking show Chopped, but no great show. It's what a, the fuck is a chomped? It's a live action Hanna Barbera co-produced movie from the seventies called Chomps, and it means canine home cybernetic protection system. I believe no. it's a robot no. dog. <laughs> it's a live action <laughs> Hanna Barbera robot dog. <laughs> yeah, baby, I'm excited to watch wow. it. Nicole's I out of town. That's like that, that other should... movie. Wasn't there like a movie like Chud that has like a real like name behind it or something? Yeah. Like Chud? yeah. Cannibalistic yeah. humanoid underground dwellers. It's one of my favorite yeah, movies. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> they were really into that shit back then. It's also like one of your favorite things to call people. Yeah, you Chud. <laughs> I feel like there's a 90% chance in any conversation if you're speaking with James, he'll call you a Chud. And you'll say thank hey. you. Nicole, one of her employees is named Craig. And to her boss, she went, hey, downstairs we got a chud and they're like excuse me and she goes craig humanoid underground <laughs> dweller oh my god because <laughs> he always works it's, in the basement i'm sure they just stared at her blankly <laughs> i think so yeah because they're like i don't know what a chud is to begin with but it doesn't sound like a good thing to be called no it doesn't yeah <laughs> it's like i always forget what it stands for but i know if i get called a chud i don't want to be like who's the biggest yeah. chud in the world like you look at them and you're like wow that's a chud biggest chud <laughs> in the world now i've never seen chud is chud like always a bad thing or can it be like a positive chud uh i mean if you incorporate the canon of chud to bud the chud yeah kind of Okay, Come on, so man, you just made that up. I didn't. You just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> <But> the <judge. laughs> Come on, man. The biggest 
Bud the Judd celebrity I can think of is like a Danny DeVito. Okay. Where like, he's a Chud, but like, what a great Chud. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 Chud. Quality Chud. I'll go Jim Belushi. Jim That's Belushi. a good Chud. Okay. I'd say like Mike Pence is like a straight up Chud. Oh, yeah, but he's I mean, a we're Chud. we're political. <laughs> oh, we got political on here. I mean, we got political on here for the first three episodes. Then Sean said, yeah, I, I don't want to do the research for these other ones. Because <laughs> well, we were doing like research on like Michigan politics and after a while was, or like news stories. And it's all just like, here's a famous murderer. And then uh, here's another famous murderer. And then the doctor. Oh, my God. Dr. Kov- Dr. Kevorkian was like a huge influence <laughs> yeah. on ICP, if, according to me, if I say anything about it. Dr. <laughs> according Kev- to me. <laughs> according to me. According to my research that I made up. Uh, but the one but the one aspect of history that I still keep doing on this podcast because I love it is t- is uh, this year in wrestling, the wrestling review, whatever the fuck I call it uh, from week to week, because ICP love wrestling and I love wrestling. And that's how I got tricked into doing this show. Ooh. Now, we now Hell's Pit is are the reveal are like un, are uh, cut projects from Hell's Pit. You mean Hell's Cellar? Did I say Hell's Pit? is Yeah. Hell's, yeah. Uh, well, I'm a dummy. Hell's Pit is Hell's Pit. Did you guys know that? <laughs> fuck off i think you mean fuck off fuck off Ugh, so since it. we're still in 2004 and i already covered 2004 but i lightly tapped like t- tapped on something nick are you a big wrestling fan by chance here's the thing not actively like watching new wrestling am i a fan but i love i was a huge fan in the attitude era and i love yeah. the history of wrestling like i watch dark side of the ring religiously and all the documentaries i could find so I'm a big fan of like the culture of wrestling, but I have no understanding of its modern iterations or really anything like that. But I'm up with the terms and all that stuff. Okay, great. Yeah, I, the Attitude Era is amazing. Uh, <laughs> I just started playing through. I just started playing through No Mercy at, uh, uh, on an N64 simulator, and that's like, of course, yeah, like peak Attitude Era. Like maybe a little, no, like no mm-hmm. peak Attitude Era. You got like the Rockstone Cold feud at uh, Mania. You think you're special, yeah, do. Anything with Limp Biscuit just stuff. showing up. It's so good. We're a little past yeah, this. Hell yeah. We're in 2004. We're in the era of ruthless aggression. Whoa. And I, I would like to spend this time uh, talking about a man who uh, blew up in the year 2004. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a little underground. He's a little indie. Um, well, and his name, well, I'm, how, do I, how do I pronounce this? Uh, his name is John Cena. Woo! <laughs> We're going to spend this, this week talking about John Cena. <laughs> The greatest rapper alive and the only... Uh, he's a bad man. He's a bad, bad man. Uh, person who... Sh- sh- I'm trying to think of a joke in which I can say this. Uh, what? What's the... The only person... He's so overwhelmed by John Cena's <laughs> The can only person Vince McMahon has said the N-word to and hasn't punched him in the face, I hope. Yeah, I was not the only per- not the only person he said the N word to. I'm sure Vince McMahon, what a great guy. Yeah. Well, because uh, Nick, when did you st- like? I'm so I'm assuming you stopped watching wrestling around this era, around this like new- ruthless aggression post invasion time. Definitely like 2002, probably like 2003. Like the last person I remember coming into the WWF was Taz, and that was oh, when I God. stopped. Like, that was, like, when I was really, like, I was, like, who the fuck is that? I think I'm done. <laughs> okay. So, like, last night, Taz is so, last night, because uh, I'm kind of, like, I'm playing, I'm going to play through No Mercy, and I want to, like, the story mode is getting everyone belts. And as I'm, like, I can't go to sleep, so I'm just thinking about bullshit. And I'm, like, you know what? 
I'm going to make Taz the heavyweight champion because it's about goddamn time. I love Taz. Taz is so good. Have you? Oh, my gosh. So you haven't seen his son wrestle yet. No, I, I heard about that. Uh, but, I you know, I feel bad in retrospect because, like, that whole ECW thing in retrospect was pretty awesome. <laughs> like, and to see that crossover, I left, like, right as that happened, clearly. So it'll be interesting. To, I'll say, to be fair, you left at the perfect time. They buried the fuck out of Taz. Like, if, like, damn, really? It's, yeah, it's actually, I think it's what, well, and it's, so he did get a, he did get a pretty bad neck injury. So it's, I don't know at what point it was like, well, he's an ECW guy. Get him out of here versus, well, he can't really work anymore. We need to transition him into commentary. So we're going to kind of book him in these really short losing matches to put everyone else over. I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I don't think any of us do, uh, who weren't in the company. But yeah, Taz in the WWE is kind of sad as hell. Yeah, because when I left, he was getting a big push. He was almost getting, because when he first came, he almost got like the proto Brock Lesnar push. When yeah. they were like, look at this crazy dude. And that was when I was like signing off. But I didn't know that happened. If like when your introduction is going over a legit gold medalist, like he he went over Kurt Angle at a Kurt like Kurt Angle's challenge. He was doing that whole open challenge. Nobody mm-hmm. can beat me. And then here comes fucking Taz and he destroys him. He chokes out an American yeah. hero. That's a push. Ugh. I was I was gonna laugh if when you said, Yeah, you probably were out before John Cena if Nick got up, went into like a crate and then pulled out You Can't See Me on vinyl. Great album. Oh my God. Ten album. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. I heard about him when he started showing up and that was honestly I actually have a lot of opinions about John Cena now. Not necessarily bad ones either, but mm-hmm. when I saw him, I was like, I'm glad I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> Just his old yeah. look off rip. Yeah, I was. Well, let's get into John Cena. Yeah. So uh, John Fe- John I'd Felix Anthony Cena. John Cena. Everyone does. Wait, his last name really is Cena? His, his, his shoot name is Cena, that. yeah. Uh, he's That's a, good. I like that. It's nice. Sometimes, it, sometimes your name's just, you got a great... Sometimes you just get a great name for the biz. But he was born in 1977, Massachusetts, graduated Springfield College, uh, a Division III All-American football, uh, football center in 1999. So he's a big, uh, big football guy. And I couldn't find anything specifically, but I'm assuming always a wrestling guy. James? Uh, Nick's also a big football guy because he's got a big football behind him. Well I'm done, definitely James. not. I made this in like sixth grade and it followed me since sixth grade to every place I've ever been. Also, I think it's because it's the most I've ever done sewing. <laughs> <laughs> also, James, thank you for interrupting with a visual joke. Literally no one but us will see. Yeah, hey, we'll take nice. a, I'll take a screenshot real quick. Great. Perfect. You don't, uh, I'll keep talking. All right. <laughs> but I'm, but I, the only thing I will post is that zoomed in to the football. Great. <laughs> the football? Yeah. All right. Give him the context. Definitely. Please do that. Uh, so the reason I couldn't find anything, but I'm assuming he has to be like a big ass wrestling head um, was because in 99, like the year he graduates, he moved. He, he doesn't just start wrestling training like he goes around the corner and finds a school. He moves to California. He moves across across the country to join uh, Rick Bassman's Ultimate Pro Wrestling, uh, which was a wrestling school uh, slash like indie fed in 99 uh, as the prototype. Like half robot, yes. half wrestler. Hell yeah. I remember the stupid shit. <laughs> he actually, I love like <laughs> watching him talk about this stuff now because he's very candid. If you've ever seen him on the Graham Norton show, it's great. Also, the Ooh. Graham Norton show is better than every 
talk show we have in America. Oh, hard agree. Hard agree. I people people are opening up on that show. It's like no one gets people to just open up. Like it's that it's that casual it's that casual talk show feel that we want now. It's so important. He's a real talk show host. He's not just yeah. an SNL dude. No, I mean <laughs> they just bring on. It's my 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 feeling my feelings on Jimmy Kimmel or or Jimmy uh fucking what's his name Fallon Jimmy Fallon Fallon the enabler <laughs> himself Jimmy Fallon. It's like if that's your, it's my same feelings on John Cena. If that's what made you happy, I'm glad that's what made you happy. But like, it ain't my scene. But yeah, so '99, uh, John Cena graduates college, moves across the country, uh, and spends a year in that school indie fed before getting picked up by WWE. They see him in 2000, uh, and they sign him to developmental. He works a few dark matches, uh, and he's he's over at OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, which was. It was their developmental before FCW, which would eventually become NXT. And to the, uh, so he's there for two years. He's working a few dark matches uh, for SmackDown. He's SmackDown. 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 And he's huge. He, he's, a huge he's a huge star in OVW. Uh, one of the OVW four, uh, 2002 graduates include John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, and Batista. So, like, they're Damn. next... Yeah, that's all. The, they all 2002. Like, that's why they, the OVW4, they're about to run the company for the next 15, 20 years. That's reminiscent of the second class of the Upright Citizen Brigade. You had the, your Paul Shears, your, your Rob <laughs> yes, Riggles, yes. all of them. John Cena is the Jason Menzukis of wrestling. Yeah. I was definitely going to say the 83 NBA draft. I think that's the one it was with Jordan and Ewing and Stockton, I think maybe Barkley also, but I might not be. I think Barkley was like the ultimate stud, so I don't think he had to share the spotlight with anybody until he, you know, now he doesn't have a ring. Sorry, Charles. <laughs> but some, I feel like you can never talk about Charles Barkley and not in there, which is bad. No, but it's always it's always interesting to me when you see like some of these like indiv- and individually huge guys, but them all coming up together and just imagining what that what that competition would have been like at the time. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure just pe- like as young men just kind of sitting around like, yeah, one day I'll be the fucking best. And ho- like that kind of level of push to each other mm-hmm. that like, yeah, eight, I mean, yeah, Jordan, it's crazy. Cause Jordan is so cold blooded that like, yeah. he was like, he told Barkley, like, you're never going to win because you're lazy. I, <laughs> he like, he cursed him. <laughs> I would pay for a vinyl recording of all this shit. Jordan talked during the Olympics. Apparently it was like legendary and it's the Olympics. It is the most like, this doesn't mean, this really doesn't mean anything because you, you can't get paid for it. it. This is just a show of good faith. And like, but Jordan was on another level competitively. Yeah. Love him or hate him for it. it that's what you needed to do. I just loved how mean he was. He, he was, was so mean. He probably thought this podcast was about him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it is now. It is <laughs> that's now. That's how it works. When you're the goat, it always ends up being about you somehow. Oh, no, I have no, I don't know anything about him, except he might have been responsible for his dad's death. Uh, before we speculate on that. Don't say that. Yeah, before, yeah, before we get deep on that. In 2002, speaking of transitions, yes. uh, so, he's, so he's in OVW for two years. In 2002, he debuts on SmackDown uh, as Ruthless Aggression, the prototype John Cena. He's got like this nice little like highlights. He's wearing these tight little trunks and he has 
no personality. Yeah. I'm, I am, I'm editorializing here, but he is <laughs> bland. He's got, like, like, he's, like, what's your, what's your gimmick? One time I said ruthless aggression to Kurt Angle, and then he absolutely jobbed me out. Like, that's really, he didn't, he just didn't have anything to, like, hook into as far as a character goes. Um, where, like, the prototype was kind of like a half cyborg, so you could do some cartoony shit, at least. Hell this, yeah, he was, man. That's this, what he, wrestling needs what, like, wait, to be. What, what was he yeah. doing that was cartoony <laughs> as the cyborg, like? B- uh, being a human who's a cyborg that's cartoony but did he walk out like the terminator or something i mean kenny omega does and he's great i couldn't find footage of his ultimate pro wrestling stuff which is when he was this cyborg the prototype so i don't know um all i could find was that it as he when he wrestled out in california the prototype wasn't just a name he was also a cyborg i guess because wrestling um, but in 2002, he doesn't have any of that. He's just the prototype, a young rookie that's bland and he's boring. He's He gets signed in June. By the fall of that year, he's like about to get cut. Uh, which And this story has been covered a, a couple times. He's about to get cut. Everyone knows that he's just not clicking because he doesn't have any hooks. When on a bus, uh, uh, on a SmackDown touring bus, Smackdown. alongside Smackdown, alongside Rikishi and Rey Mysterio, uh, Stephanie McMahon walks by and she hears the three of them freestyle rapping, just kind of like trying to pass the time. Gross. And jo- and she's like, oh, John can do something with a personality. Let's give him that. So uh, Halloween that year, uh, the big Halloween, everyone's kind of sitting around backstage in costume. John Cena's dressed as Vanilla Ice. And that's the first time we hear John Cena rap. Can I can I say something real quick? Sure. Hey, Lin-Manuel Miranda, if John Cena can do something you can, it's not that impressive, bitch. Whoa. Why? That, I did not sign off on that to be the feud we're starting today. Yeah, but baby. I'm very happy you said that because James already knows how I feel about Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Hamilton and all that bullshit. I actually just saw Encanto as well. And like, I think that movie is kind of beautiful. And I liked some of the songs, but it just rubbed okay. me the wrong way. And then someone okay. told me that he was the composer. And I was like, so this is inherent. It's not a hater thing. It's an inherent thing where I feel like it, there's a stink with him that I just can't stand. It's like Mike. that edutainment seventh grade shit that I can't <laughs> take, man. Like, I feel like he should be in like track suits with like three dancer rapper friends coming to your school during assemblies and shit. Guys, Lin-Manuel brought a... Uh Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda put on an assembly that stopped me smoking cigarettes at age uh, eight. So, like, if we could just, like, lay off on him for a second. Yeah. He's the reason I joined D.A.R.E. Yeah. Uh, Yogi <laughs> Bear's the reason why I joined D.A.R.E. Uh, <laughs> that's a real thing, guys. Please look up Yogi the D.A.R.E. Bear. Uh, but I, I love Hamilton. I enjoy Lin-Manuel Miranda when he's not freestyling. But that's because, like... It, he has this Broadway flourish about him when he doesn't. It's like, no, this is repulsive and cringy. Please stop doing this. Well, and th- but that's where he started. I forget the name of the truth. Freestyle Love Supreme. And even that. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. It's gross. <laughs> uh, well, if we don't want to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Wait, hold on. Do we still want to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda? <laughs> I definitely want to say more about Lin-Manuel because... I hear what you're saying about the Broadway thing. I think he has a fake one. Like when he, ever he does his thing, the music and the singing is always beautiful. So I'd never take that from him. The actual songwriting for that portion is great. Mm-hmm. When he does his little hip hop thing, it feels like people standing outside of their fucking community theater performance doing what they think is like catchy. And it's yeah. terrible. I hate it. 
it's a poor imitation of what rap should be when incorporated into those mm-hmm. situations. Almost, and yeah. I feel like it cheapens the understanding of it. Do you remember? Uh, it's an SNL character bit. Uh, I think it was it was Will Ferrell and I. Oh my gosh, I forget who else it was. But they were they were like two like older. They're an older couple that would like sing popular songs to the children at assemblies, and use and then would like they would slightly change the words around so it was like anti drug or anti sex or whatever. And I feel like is that kind of like where that Len Manuel Miranda feeling is where it's like oh you like hip hop is popular now and it's not to say he didn't listen to it. But it's not, it's just what it feels like when you combine, sometimes you just combine, I love orange juice, I love cereal, I don't want to put orange juice in my cereal. Have you tried it though? I think they can be combined, but it's like, he's not actually, he's not being as earnest with the portrayal of rap as he is with his wanting to respect the musical theater traditional Mm -hmm. aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like the falter is. The rap is such a lower tier level of understanding and songwriting when there's so many people you could bring in that would be able to do something like that better that I feel like it doesn't match. And I feel like it gives people this corny understanding of it where I just don't. I, okay, I, I will, as someone who's, I love Hamilton, I truly do. It took me a long time to get into Hamilton because of that 17th, nope, turn it off right away. I think he he respects the culture, he does all of this, but he is so, like, abashedly earnest with it and like i love this guys that it just is like well that's not the the feeling of rap music that i want out of rap music he feels like the troll two of rap meaning like it's all there like there are things that you are doing properly but just something is off in the direction and it's you're still watching it you're still enjoying it but you're like there's something wrong with this Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm never going to say he's not talented or any of that stuff. It just doesn't sit well with me. And I think that whereas he's bringing something keen to, like, the table, like something new to, like, fresh vibes, it just feels like a poor imitation, even within the Disney sphere. Because actually, like, last night, I I ended up watching The Little Mermaid with my roommate. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is, like, I saw everybody's poor imitation since this. Just seeing Ariel like somewhere up there, part of their world thing. And it's like he's not adding a new thing. He's just doing a poor imitation of rap and then putting it on a poor imitation of not even Little Mermaid, but Frozen and Encanto. Yeah. So it's like you're already on the the, the little it's, bro of the real shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's removed from a remo- removed. Yeah. But guys, I have a real question. Did you watch all the episodes of Freestyle Love Supreme when it was on CISO. I'm in the middle of my segment. <laughs> go, go for it. Go for it, dude. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, if, I mean, and, and Limited Well Miranda aside, let's talk about a real head. Uh, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so, I was holding in that transition for so long. So, in 2002, so yeah, 2002, he debuts on Halloween, and it's instantly over. Uh, as far as a heel, I think this, it is the thing to remember at this point. John Cena is a great bad guy. People love to hate him. The gimmick is now, yeah, the gimmick is the, John Cena, the doctor of thugonomics. Ugh. 
this <clears throat> sorry <laughs> but no that's the perfect reaction because that's that's what, how the character was designed the character was designed to be unaware of his own corniness he comes out, he's like, yeah, I'm a really cool guy and a really tough guy. And then everything else he does shows that he's an absolute nerd. And then like, that's so like that, like for that, for that, ugh, that's exactly what he, what he needed and what WWE needed. And he was a great, here's the thing for that reason. He was a great heel. He was feuding, he was feuding with uh, Billy Kidman, uh, which is like, it's, it's this weird transition between, from the Attitude Era to like so, the later stuff. Cause we have, he's feuding with Billy Kidman, Eddie Guerrero, Rhino, Benoit. For as not great as they were, him coming to the ring, rapping insults to his opponent, got him over. And the, the, like the rapping wasn't great. The insults in 2000, 2002, 2003 absolutely were. And like, and that's yeah, when, I mean, and it, he was of that time. He was like jackass, you know, was of that time. I mean, jackass oh. is actually still legitimately no, great. I didn't see the most Guys, guys, guys. I watch because they put the, you know, the TV show jackass up on MTV. I mean, it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. sketch comedy. Yeah. Two of them are great. And then the rest of it just falls flat or absolutely sucks. How does it fall flat? It's just them fucking each other up and doing stupid shit. No, man. Have you watched the TV show? I'll say the movie I have recently watched, like all of them, those are still good and hold up. But maybe it's just the first few episodes are like, oh, boy, they're finding their footing. Yeah. Well, and the thing like the other thing with Jackass, the TV show, that's also like that is it's it's also weird to kind of remember at that time nothing was that natural mm-hmm. like as far as comedy goes where it just feels like <laughs> yeah. it's a sketch show but it's also just a bunch of dudes hanging out and kind of having fun and it's I think it's kind of the same thing with John Cena uh, because our truth used to wrap his way to the ring and continues to and also like fucking I will always say this if you do not if you've not seen Ron the Truth Killings recently go back and watch his like TNA stuff he's f- so underrated. But he wasn't insulting. Like he would, he would, he would uh, rap his theme song to the ring. But it wasn't like directed at his opponent. He wasn't writing new songs. A modern guy now would be Max Caster, who is fucking killing it in AEW by writing a new writing a new verse every time he walks to the ring to insult whoever the fuck he's wrestling. Since no one was doing that at the time, and like, it, like it got over. It really. I I think a big part of that is. I think a big part of that isn't because. Maybe he was the best rapper, but it's that no one thought to do that. No one thought to do that. I had no idea so many wrestlers were rapping. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you, th- I can think of three. Bit. <laughs> That's I can think of- way more than I thought. <laughs> Fair enough. Ever. <laughs> uh, well, te- and technically ICP were wrestlers, but we'll get into mm-hmm. that some other time. Oh, sweet Jesus. But the thing was, and, and that was kind of the thing. He was the, the delusional white rapper, corny as hell, was being so funny that he's, started getting jeered less and less people were really getting behind him i was in they i was at a taping of smackdown in buffalo smackdown, smackdown. and i remember and it was 2004 which we're gonna get to uh we're at well, we're at now and 2004 was the big turning point where it was we know he's a heel but he's so funny that like we're all gonna kind of cheer him so by survivor series he was a baby face and he never never went back by 2004 they officially pulled the trigger they made him a baby face and he became the t- the top guy literally until 2018. Like he became he became the top guy by 2005, by 2004 he was like the mid-card baby face that it was obvious like oh the only reason you're not the top guy now is because we have to build to it. Mm-hmm. But the rocket was strapped. 
So like, what is that? That's om that's almost 15 years of just like being the not and not just the top guy, the brand ambassador, the record holder for uh, Make a Wish Foundation uh, uh, fulfillments. Every 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 if you're a little kid with cancer in the in the mid in the mid tens, you wanted to meet John Cena, mm -hmm. and you were going to. He mm -hmm. was going to make sure of it. That's a crazy flex. That's it, that's a crazy flex. It Yo, I was really the top is. Requested artist at Make a Wish Foundation <laughs> and fulfilled, and he like fulfilled yeah. so many of those. Like I mean, yeah, kudos to him. And yeah. it's not even a competition. Like he is leagues above anyone in the entire mm -hmm. world for Make a Wish. And the wild thing, like, so he, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> he's been holding that top position till 2018. Uh, I said like 2004 was the was the first time he pushed, and it's wild to remember that into the 2004 he was huge over. Like every everybody wanted to see John Cena be a babyface. By 2006, and Nick, you probably wouldn't remember this. Uh, James, you might know some of this. The big thing with John Cena were du were the dueling. We want Cena. Cena sucks. We want Cena. Cena sucks. Chance. And you could always hear because the We Want Cena were like thin and lighthearted or, or, or like high pitched. It was children. Yeah. It was it was children cheering for John Cena and then a bunch of old salty <laughs> yeah. wrestling fans be like, fuck nice. John Cena. Oh, give me give me that Hulk Hogan, brother. It's like, what the fuck it's, are you? <laughs> it's really interesting that you said that because it seems like he is almost like a weird inversion of the same way Stone Cold was like the harbinger of the aggression era because he was a heel too that was just so badass. People were like, we know he's the bad guy, but fuck Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we fuck with Austin. And it's like John Cena got the lame version of the same thing to bring in this new era, which people, is it still the PG era right now? I don't know what era it is now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call it the Peacock era. Uh, ever since they moved okay. over to the Peacock streaming service. Because it's not okay, yeah. really they're trying to be stuff, but they're still a family-friendly show. You know, they're not the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era, I mean, yeah. it was, was the only time. Uh, because even like even back in the 80s and the, and the early 90s, the new era, WWF was always seen as the family-friendly version of wrestling. If you wanted to see like hard, like brutal wrestling, you know, you watch WCW, yeah. you watch some of the, you know, some of the, the especially the Southern territories with like uh, Terry Funk, uh, some of these Texas death matches. WWF was always like bright and cartoony. And it was the, it was just like one little beautiful sliver in the late 90s that the WWE was like, well, the only thing that sells right now are titties and blood. So we'll give you titties and blood. Jerry Springer. It was that guy. Exactly. I forgot who the writer is, but... Uh, there's a couple. Jer if you're thinking of Vince Russo? Yes, Vince Russo, yeah. who used to write for the magazine, and then they brought him in, and he was just like, Jerry Springer. We're, we're doing Jerry Springer. Just Jerry Springer. Yeah. And then Absolutely. you have Jim Cornette, like, you can't do that, you fucking idiot. It's <laughs> wrestling. Well, the, the wild thing about Corny, too, is like, to give and to give Corny credit, he did a... For a while, he was the most progressive voice in wrestling. He was like huge on bringing over guys like Taka Michinoku and major like Japanese talent. I think uh, like he was so big on like really like pushing wrestling forward. And then he just became the worst, most like regressive. Like if you're not like 295 pounds and you look like this, you look like that and you better not be a woman, then I don't want to see yeah. it. Like it's wild how far he slipped. Yeah. I've never seen anybody who loves wrestling more than him, though. I've it's, never seen anybody who loves wrestling more than him. He's insane. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> And also to slip real quick, I think I think we can kind of close up on this. Uh, touching on 
the inverse stone cold the the, the organic the organic face push or the organic push is kind of what they call it when you're a heel but fans love you so much you just kind of have to play a baby face we see it uh, a lot uh kenny omega kind of went through a thing where he plays so much of his career as a heel he starts aew he's too he's too huge people love him he has to be a baby face at least for a little bit and that's the thing like I don't. I wouldn't call it the way John Cena did it lame. The way he did it was great. Cause I, remember, cause I was watching. I was. I was. I kind of just started really watching. Uh, by the time he got the face push, and I remember how over he was. Problem was, once it kind of started slipping, they they couldn't go back. Like Stone Cold, arguably might have heel turned too soon, but would could make a heel turn. Uh, a guy like The Rock who did the same thing. He was like. So he he was a great heel, but people love to hear Rock talk because he's the best goddamn talker in the biz. And that, but he could, but then he could also go back to playing a bad guy. Uh, the Hulk Hogan feud is a great example where he goes into that as a babyface. People are excited to see Hulk Hogan for the first time in however many years at WrestleMania X, uh, eighteen because sex takes sex tapes of him saying the N word haven't come out yet. So they're really excited to see yeah. him. And he and Rock says and Rock sees it and goes, "Oh yeah, I can play the heel on this. I'm a great heel." John Cena, who also was a great heel, like that's a th- his John Cena, his, his Doctor of Thugonomics nerd was a great heel. He could have gone back to being a solid heel, but because he was the brand ambassador, because mm-hmm. he was doing all these make a wishes, and I realize it now, like today, like at the time I was like, fuck it, just let him be a bad guy. We all hate him. Just let us hate him. And, but it was just they couldn't. The corporation, the corporate side of things, with their brand deals, their commercials, their Scooby Doo appearances. Yeah. So they had. So to you like, were a Cena sucks guy. You were a Cena sucks guy. <laughs> I mean, was you it? I was. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I must have been. I'm because I'm trying to because I'm trying. Actually, you know what? By the time Cena sucks really took off, I was a TNA guy. I was watching because mm. Gail Gail Kim jumped ship to this new company, and I was and, the, and that company by the way had AJ fucking Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe. Oh, he's just a fucking mountain of meat and murder. He's a, mo- a mountain of meat and murder. Yeah, so, well, yeah, you so, talked about this last week, Sean. And I will never stop talking about Samoa Joe. But, yeah, Nick, yeah, Dan, I was so much of a Cena sucks guy, I stopped watching the product. <laughs> I didn't. When I watched, I didn't mind him. The only time I was like, fucking get him off is it was him versus Randy Orton, I believe, in like 2000. For the 10,000th time. Yeah, like 10. Probably. Two, and it was like. I think at the SummerSlam, the Summerfest, that one, and it was like a tables, ladders, and chair match, possibly, and it was just, mm-hmm. or a no, like, it was a, you had to tap out, and okay. it was like a 35-minute match, and it's just like, fu- this is bad. I think going going back, because I never thought Cena was a bad wrestler. He was a body guy, um, so he wasn't like the flippiest dude, he wasn't the most technical dude, but he could he could tell a story. And it's something I don't realize until later, where it's like, I actually, I don't hate John Cena. I don't, I don't think, I think I just didn't like the booking, mm-hmm. but I never, and it's, like, it's one of those things, like I look back on it and like, if I watch old stuff now, I can respect it. He did realize uh, when he was feuding with Rob Van Dam and CM Punk, like, oh, I'm never going to get over on these guys. I will, I'll have to sort of be the sort of heel, but all these little tumor kids love me. So I also have to like play to the little wow. cancer children. It's John Cena. Uh, an, wow. A very interesting, <laughs> a very interesting representation of the professional wrestling television business. And thus I conclude. If you want to know a very interesting representation of ICP, 
Not today's album we're discussing because we are discussing a weird thing they did. So in 2018, on July 13th, ICP announced that in preparation for the 2018 Gathering of the Juggalos, they had found nine lost Violent J recordings from the Hell's Pit recording sessions, which I forgot to omit that part. These weren't like scrapped Hell's Pit songs. Maybe some of them were, but these are Violent J recordings just during that era. Oh, okay. And it would be released as an EP the day of the Hell's Pit show entitled Hell's Cellar. So that same 2018 gathering of the Juggalos, I believe they played Hell's Pit in its entirety. They performed it on stage. That's not that weird. That's like what Nas did. He did Lost Tapes and Lost Tapes too. He's done that twice. I think what surprises me about it, because this sounds... Uh, and, and Nick, I don't know how deep you are in uh, ICP because we just met. Yeah. Uh, experiences with ICP. Oh, me? Yeah. Um, definitely my biggest experience. And I have to actually be honest because I actually uh, I took notes on this all the way through. And one of them was I have to talk about my life and the dating game. Because as a kid, I was definitely like that Newgrounds kid that was on the Internet playing like online games. And you sure. came, I came across this video of like an animation, a flash animation of Goku and Mario, and they were like the two dudes from ICP doing the dating game. That is the most that is the most Newground sentence that's ever been Newground sentenced. Yeah, and it, and that song, I'm pretty sure I could, if I played the song, I could probably do it almost word for word because the amount of times <laughs> I watched that video, and I have to be honest, there are probably a lot of ways in the way that I songwrite where I take the thematic like structuring in the way they told that story because I don't, I mean, that was one thing I had to give them. I felt like that was a very influential thing. And even when you listen to like Little Dicky right now, everything, yeah. any song that tells a story almost modern sounds a lot more like the dating game than like, you know, Slick Rick and stuff back then, which of course that's where <laughs> they got it from. So it's not against like storytelling. Maybe even they got it from Outkast. I don't know when it came out, but Every modern iteration of like storytelling in a song like that, I feel like it comes from the dating game. And that's that's my biggest thing with ICP, the Workaholics um, episode. I definitely uh, saw that and I, I cherish that episode a lot. And uh, I, I definitely know or knew some Juggalos like around in like my 20s. I was I felt like I was. Frighteningly like ICP adjacent at times. <laughs> so, like, if That's you know fair. what I mean. I didn't um, realize how ICP adjacent I was. Uh, so I'm from Buffalo, New York. I went home uh, this Christmas mm. and I kind of started mentioning, like, oh, I got tricked into doing this ICP podcast. And everyone's like, oh, I love ICP. Every, like, so many people. I was just like, wait, since when? Since always. <laughs> they pulled that sleeve up, show you the hatchet van on them. Shock. <laughs> It just happens. They're all around and they, they don't say anything. They're like sleeper yeah. cells. They're all they're in society. Well, yeah, because they they get made fun of or now you can lose your job. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like a registered like gang now, mm -hmm. like with the government. Yeah. Or something, right? Which is like it's ridiculous. And the thing I realized the, the, the way I got tricked into this, I'm here on the podcast because of the lore. I really like I, I like like every like their entire career is just one long concept album of this like clown murder clown mythos and like so like for the for the dating game which is really just a long skit with verses kind of put in 
like it's it is really representative of what they do super well, which is story storytelling and world building. It mm. wouldn't be apparent if you just listened to this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well another thing I was gonna say there. I don't know some, about that, James. <laughs> there's one fantastic song on here, and then the rest are either like okay or just straight up trash. Well, I, I can think of at least one song. It might be the same song that we talked last week. We talked last week about Hell's Pit and how it's the concept album. It's supposed to, this is what hell is. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised because a lot of these songs, I feel like thematically go with Hell's Pit. A couple of these songs I could see being like, yeah, this is a Hell's Pit track. This is, when, another, this, this, is a, this is a chapter in their hell story. When we get into this, I have these broken up as Hell's Pit songs, bridge songs. So I think if they had put in, out an EP between Shangri-La and Hell's Pit to be like a mixture of both of like, hey, these aren't just straight up hell or straight up heaven songs. They're a mixture Mm -hmm. of both. And they kind like not just like, oh, here's some hell songs and here's some heaven songs. It kind of has like the tones of both in all the songs Mm -hmm. that would be good. Or just like straight up mixtape stuff that some of them felt like could have been bullet. I think that's his psychopathic riders. Like he, it, some of them felt in that vein of psychopathic riders. Fair. Also, uh, Nick, uh, because we've been deep in this, uh, Shangri-La and Hell's Pit are two albums that combined make up the sixth Joker card, the Joker cards in like an anime. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, so like if in an anime, you know, like in an anime, they have all these filler arcs and then like, here's the episodes yes. you need to watch to get the story. The six yes. Joker cards are the episodes you need to watch to get the story. Everything else is kind of is, is filler arc. Um, yeah. So their last the last episode of the anime are these two albums. One's about heaven. One's about hell. Yeah. Uh, All right. We're here to explain this weird because the fucking lore behind ICP is ridiculous. We're here to help you out, especially if you've read the I comics. I appreciate it. Honestly, at least they fucking commit to a lore like I have. I have some strong things I want to say about this album because I want to set this. I wanted to make sure I set a standard for like who I am for people listening who are like ICP fans who don't know. I am a purely mainstream rap guy. Like Jay Z, Kanye West, and Drake are like three of the most influential artists ever to like my music and all that stuff. I haven't heard of those guys. Are they good? Yeah, uh, yeah, they're all right. <laughs> but like they're 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 like my biggest influences. So mm-hmm. I'm listening to this from like the mainstream because I, I was a big Lil Wayne fan, all the guys, Young Thug, all that stuff. So Hell it's yeah. like I want people to know that from when I say this stuff because it's not gonna be what a lot of people think. And I, I I'm sorry, James, you can get back to it, but I wanted to set that precedent real quick for everyone. It's weird how those are your biggest influences, but I actually like your music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I actually, and like, I do like how we have three different reasons or like takes into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick being like the like uh, like a mainstream hip hop guy, James being Mister Super Indie Underground, and then I'm just here for the lore. Yeah. Like, I'm just here for the lore. But I'm just I, here for the lore. The com- the comic books are my favorite part. It, yeah, the comic <laughs> books are very good, but let me keep going with these notes. Yes. During ICP seminar, they announced that they actually found 13 songs altogether, but decided to release nine then and the rest on the 20th anniversary edition. So maybe those other songs, those other four, feel more hell's pity and they'll throw that on as like b-sides on the 20th anniversary it still it hit streaming platforms uh, to my knowledge on friday may 24th 19 or 2019 uh and let's find out what was on the indie charts at that time guys yeah baby 
Coming in at number five, it's a big different landscape right now, Sean, than uh, during like the early 2000s when like crunk and punk rock was sweeping the scenes and, and ICP. Sweeping the indie scenes. Yes. Which is so, it's so weird when James is going through it and like the biggest crunk, because like, who was it last time? It was like one of the biggest... It's like one of the biggest crunk artists in the world is like an indie artist. He's top of the indie charts. Well, Lil John's like, huh. Kings of Crunk was the highest grossing independent album two years in a row. Which is a weird sentence to hear. People should talk about that. <laughs> People yeah. People talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. People even talk about Lil John in general a lot because when I heard his story, it was insane. And it's not what people think. So, but keep going. Sorry about that. Coming in at number five is Lauren Daigle. Lauren, yeah, Lauren Daigle with Look Up Child. And the the cover is black and white, her looking up. Is she a child? You should review that album. Next. She's not I'll a child. I'll review that album with you. We should do it. Please, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard some of this because of who charted and Howard Kramer. It's Sammy Hagar in the circle with Space Between. Sammy fucking Hagar. Guys, <laughs> indie darling Sandy Hagar. <laughs> uh, this, no, no, no. Guys, you are about to uh, then say this again because I don't understand how this is indie. Maybe it's because it's in the United States and the label that distributes them in the United States. But is it? Yeah, yeah. Because this is just U.S. charts. So maybe that's why. I don't understand. But with their album Map of the Soul dot dot persona, BTS. Uh, uh, Sammy makes sense. They're that old. No, this is 2018. Yeah, this is 2018. What I'm saying is, how is BTS an indie artist? They are the highest grossing group in the world. Yeah. Even right now. When did they break? Maybe that was the year they were breaking. Nick and I met at a job that sells tickets for concerts. And throughout the entire time we were working there uh, together... They were top dogs and girls would chat us crying and being like, do you still have BTS tickets? Yeah, if you cry for me a little bit more, darling. This is why I didn't work there. I'm a creep. <laughs> but coming in at number two with her self-titled album, Ramstein. <laughs> Ramstein? Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, well, and I guess like Sammy, I'm assuming Sammy's indie because nobody wanted to like sign him so he just had to release his own album maybe i fucking indie darling yeah, sammy hagar signing sammy hagar <laughs> and finally coming in at number one with i am easy to find the national i love the national i, oh, I don't know that they're a bunch of indie darlings they're like on comedy bang bang and improv for humans probably yeah. The big album was Alligator. I'm trying to remember what are the hits off that. It's, uh, I am an alligator, green and dry. So not I British. go in the river, then I cry. You sound like the worst Noah Fielding character. Oh, uh, that's, uh, oh, Hoopa. Oh, no, I, I mean, there's no bad Noah Fielding or I'm the moon. <laughs> what a weird year for Indy. What a weird year for Indy. Uh, by the way, also I do want. I also want to listen to the podcast where you go through the history of uh, Little John. I had, before I forgot that I'm endorsing that. Well, we do tech. It's never been released. Nick and I started a podcast called 98's The Limit, where we were going through No Limit Records put out I think 27 albums in one year in 1998. And we were going to go through every one. We recorded one and then. 
I was prepared and I am still upset with Nick about this because it was a Silk the Shocker album, I believe, and it sucks. And he's like, hey, uh, I I have to reschedule. And I was like, that's fine, except uh, that means I have to re-listen to this trash album. And then I don't remember what happened, why we didn't record that sec. It was like February, early February, like 2020. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, did you have hmm. tickets to a ball game? Probably. Probably tickets to a ball game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something like that. Something small. <laughs> well, we should release that. Just like, hey, if you guys want more, let us know. Yeah. And now that we're doing this, we should still do it. Like, I'm down to listen to Trash Silk the Shocker. Yes. Music. <laughs> yes. And we can All watch right, his guys. terrible movie, too. Have you seen his action movie? No. But we will absolutely yeah. <laughs> do that because we watch ICP movies for this show. Yeah. He does martial arts in it. Oh, I want to watch. Oh, I love martial arts movies. I'm Hell inviting yeah. myself yeah. to this podcast. All right. He's in, it's guys. You yeah. want to get in track by track now? Let's do it. I'm ready. The <laughs> intro, Nick, what are your thoughts on the intro? Because we've pretty much already discussed it. It's almost the same intro as Hell's Pit. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, my biggest thing, I, I feel bad because I, I really just put creepy. And it was oh, like, this is really like, I always get this weird, you know, dark carnival of souls thing with them. And I was like, this is pretty standard as soon as I started it. Um, so that that was really my thoughts. I mean, I thought it was great. And it it leads into something I really have to say about them, which is that I, regardless of who it is, they're definitely the best artist when they do the end of a song skit with like audio from like people talking mm-hmm. into the next song transition to where I was really like able to flow from song to song with those audio tracks that are fucking insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I have to give them credit for that because like this intro is a great you know, beginning to show how they kind of pay attention to what they want to uh, have on their project. It, it was pretty cool for what it is. Yeah you, yeah. you said dark carnival soul thing that take out the carnival right there. Dark souls juggalo mod. Like, let's oh, yeah. get some of those like you're you're I'd, walking. Th- <laughs> I know nothing about dark souls games, except Yo, but- they're hard. So I played through one and two uh, recently. Uh, so I'm not a huge uh, souls guy, but. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I want the fuck out of that game. Let's make, let's just do a Juggalo version of Dark Souls, but let's get oh into the, se- the second song. Sweet Jesus. Uh, Clown <laughs> There's Show. There's so much lore. There is. They probably could. do. Yes. Yes, they could. Oh my gosh. You you have you have Dr. Figgledy Biggledy or whatever his name oh was as like a, the first boss? <laughs> yes. Wait, hold up. What? What? What <laughs> What was his name? I forget it. Uh, it was something. Dr. Dr. Wiggle Farmer? Yeah, Dr. Wiggle Farmer. His name is Dr. Wiggle Farmer. Figgly, biggly. <laughs> but I wasn't that far off. Yeah. <laughs> it's ICP bullshit. You can, you can just say a so bunch of. so many characters. As long as there's two G's together, you'll, fi- you'll mm. be close. Dude, could you imagine a Great Malenko boss fight? Well, you want to be fighting Great oh. Malenko unless you're a bad person. No, I think you do because you fight through. I mean, that's kind of the thing with Dark Souls is like there is there's not a lot of good or evil. It's just you go through everything because everyone's dead already and you just kind of become the king of hell. That's an oversimplification to the lore. So you become the witch. You essentially, yes. Like that's it's a Diablo 2, a Diablo, Diablo 2 situation where you become the witch. Mm-mm. The final... Yeah, ICP dude. is much like Apple products where a bad guy in a movie can't use an Apple phone. Mm. They're not going to let you use their property to glorify Hell's Pit. Is that fucking true? <laughs> yes, that that is I very think... true. You if you are a villain That's in a crazy. movie, 
Apple and iTunes will not, or iPhones, you, you cannot get that use. Android, boy. <laughs> yeah. That's Protect crazy. the brand. Brands are fucking nuts. But Clown oh, Show. I, this, I think, Sean, maybe you'll be in agreement with this. This might possibly be their saddest song and story they've ever written. I can see that. Because the story is about a kid who's like, hey, this is my clown show because every single day I go to school, I get made fun of and laughed at. And he's he's portraying himself as like a sad clown. But it's just a child who's getting made fun of and eventually goes to school and in ICP fashion, he's not going to shoot up the school because these are morality tales. He like jumps on the desk and he's dressed up like a clown finally. And he's, and I, I fucking love this part when he says like, Hey, this is my final show. It sounds like he actually has a gun in his mouth. Like they put something in his mouth to do that. And he kills himself. World building, like like storytelling, but also world building. It's um, which man. is which is a part of storytelling, but they do that very well. Um, I'm, I'm gonna jump in on this real quick. Uh, yeah, what's up? I think the reason this is gonna sound sadder, actually, now that you said that. Uh, the reason I didn't find it the saddest the song is I very specifically related to this, and I'll t- I'll tell a quick story. Um, when I was a, a, a growing up, especially like in middle school and high school. I'm, I was never the biggest guy and I, you know, I was, uh, went to a lot of like schools with a lot of like jock types, you know, and I found out very quick Catholic schools known for their jocks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I went, but I found out very quickly, like to not get bullied, the kind of best way to be was to be the clown. Mm-hmm. And so like my, like, and my big thing was to oversell, like if someone, like someone would kind of hit me in the hallway and then I would just flop and then people would kind of laugh, but they so were laughing. Sad. It's one of those things like where they're laughing at me. And after a while, you just feel like real. You got like no self-esteem because your entire purpose in those early, my entire purpose in those early years was to just get the shit kicked out of me and be funny, like look funny while, you know, I get beat up or whatever. So like, so that's, so like when I, when I heard this, I was like, Ooh, I relate to this probably more than I need to. I like, I I thought it was, I thought it was creative them choosing to tell this story in this way, because as far as like stories go about uh, some, uh, someone getting bullied in school and then them taking their own lives, that's not out of the realm of the ICP mm-hmm. formula. But to go about it this way of I was always the joke and I never and as a thing, and you don't realize I know in my case, you don't realize you're the butt of the joke. You do. There's uh, that line there. Uh, I was hilariously funny when they beat me up in gym. I was honored and privileged. They let me hang with them. Uh, they let me be with them. Like, that's how it feels. You it's feel sad. like, oh, yeah, I must be one of the cool guys because they keep inviting me. And you don't stop to realize, like, oh, no, I'm the fucking they, they're inviting me to shit on me. That's like Nicole inviting you on Mostly Speaking Sentai. You motherfucker. <laughs> you absolute shit show. I, I bear my soul. Also, uh, incorrect. Nicole does not do booking for any single <laughs> podcast we do. So you book me just to shit on me. No. You motherfucker. You absolute fuckhead. No. Uh, Nick, I'm sorry to jump in. It was like one of those, like, that was my experience with the song. Uh, uh, Nick, what did you think? (laughs) I got to be honest, hearing you guys talk about it so seriously, it was just funny to me because (laughs) I don't know if I just wasn't listening enough because, like, I guess the tone in which they rap, I put, like, this is a proper intro. I was like, I really like the thematic production because it felt like a declaration of, like, their 
like nefariousness as like I didn't know it was like a whole thing about it. I thought that was just they're like when you're a juggalo, this is your life and this is the type of life I live. But fuck mm-hmm. you and like it's that type of thing where like I actually wanted to liken it to um Drake's most recent album, uh Certified Lover Boy. Background on this, I was actually very excited about this album because I thought it was a concept of the idea of Drake being like a smoogy lover boy, like wet napkin type of rapper. <laughs> and he played into it. He even got like a heart shaped in his like hairline. Yeah. To be like, I'm lover boy. And uh, um, it's a standard Drake album. It's not bad, but like he doesn't really play on the thematics like I would want something like this album does play on thematics. And I have to give him that. And this song, I thought about the thematic production because he has one song on there called Poppy's Home that sounds like an intro to like a television series starring him. And it's like, that's a perfect kind of like illusion to where it's, it's so almost John Cena-esque where it's like, it's so corny. You're like, he gets it though. He mm-hmm. gets how fucking corny this is. Yeah. And this song, I felt like this is like the intro to a fucking insane clown posse. Like this is like the Tales for the Crypt intro to like, this is how a life can go in the life of a ICP, like, like devoutee. Yeah. And it's like this. So I actually found it like, <laughs> I didn't feel that sad about it at all. I was just like, no, this that's... is a crazy track, and this is like their declaration. So there it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, and I think again, I felt sad because I specifically like had that growing up, but like I don't expect, I don't expect everyone to uh, get punched and then laugh. Like that's weird. I I just think this is so sad. Uh, I think it was David Young on Nerd Alert. It was a college humor series where they were talking about. Alpocalypse. It was the Weird Al song. And there's a song on there about someone who like went to Juilliard and just was like going to end up being possibly the biggest actor ever. And then just things didn't click. And then he's just working a Jungle Cruise-esque ride for just eternity. And David Young was like, you know, I love this song, but usually Weird Al songs have like a punchline. This is just depressing. Like it's it's in this funny, like energetic candor, but it's sad. And I, I think this is just the story of it is sad because it's reality. There, There's no dead girl in your attic who's talking to you, things of that ilk. It's just plain sad. There's Yeah, there's, there's no fantasy or... Punchline, I yeah. think is actually another great way of putting it, um, which is out of we've been doing this for twenty two goddamn episodes. Uh, so we, it's a, it's in a lot like a lot of ICP like they're usually they usually don't go grounded. Yeah, that's not really their strength uh, comparatively. But that's the thing. But also, also comparatively to their other stuff, compared to other rappers, it's this isn't the most grounded song either. Yeah, I will also give them mad props and I give any rapper props who do this. When you rap to a three-fourths time signature and you do it well, like in this song, it doesn't sound like I am a guy who likes, to, like I can't even do it right now because uh, I'm so <laughs> ingrained in 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, two thumbs up to this. I just feel like I have to accept that like maybe misery isn't like a thing that is celebrated as much as I thought within the Juggalo community because I really feel like it, I thought it was like an Adams family like oh murder and all that like it, this is this is the shit like well, but it's think- like the fact that you're like this is sad I was like I thought we were supposed to like the 
the bad stuff. Like it was like that type of thing. It's usually done campy and like fun, like, oh, I'm going to stretch your butthole out through your mouth as I stick my fist in through your <laughs> mouth, like those kinds of things. But this is just depressing. And it, this is one of the songs that I put an H by, meaning this could have been on Hell's Pit. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I I agree. This kind of fits the theme. And I, I think I misspoke. Uh, like, this is grounded compared to ICP stuff. Yeah. Where fantasy and campiness are like a huge parts of the darkness uh where this is just like nah this just could happen actually this could very easily and has like i got huge this felt so much like like a columbine school shooter it doesn't go there but this is the type of kid and it's too if this is being recorded like 2004 2005 Mm -hmm. like that's what's happening yeah like that's that's what so like comparatively this is one of their more grounded but compared to like other other rap, ICP doesn't know how to be grounded. We've we've gone over that. I ICP doesn't know how to ground their thoughts. Like they need they need to exist in some some fantasy or some campiness. They need that third prong. Well, I don't know what that means. To ground themselves like in a an outlet. What? Oh, okay. The third I get what prong. You, mean. you know how most they need are... that extra battery in their back to reach that next level. No, oh, okay. you, no, the the prong, the, you know, like a three pronged outlet in the I, wall. I, I know what you're okay. talking about. Like they they need more power. No, no, it doesn't I, give you power. It grounds it, so it doesn't like uh, electrocute stuff. Oh, oh, like, that's oh, like what it, that does. Yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was like we need more power. <laughs> no, no, it's it's the grounding element. Or I could have said like, wait, hey. all right, <laughs> cool. On a car battery, you put the black grippy onto a piece of metal to ground it but that as you can see i d- had no idea how to phrase that one mm-hmm. i mean and it showed you just taught me something that was good <laughs> yay let's go on to the next one because we spent way too long we i think spent 12 minutes discussing the first song okay this is can't end myself okay can i read the intro to the song real quick yeah i wrote this down because it just sums up what the story is uh, this is a tale of a long forgot. Uh, this is a tale, a long forgotten tale of wicked mayhem. A man whose own personal hell was his own life on earth. So therefore, in hell, he was granted just that eternal life on earth. So let me explain how he tries to kill himself. Which, if you know that going, maybe it's because he didn't know that. Like, just live it up. You're like, hey, man, I can't die. I can finally enjoy myself. But he also wants to kill himself. Like, that's yeah, the big thing. Well, he tries to do that by a self-inflicted shotgun to the head, defenestration, intentional car crash, being tripped on, lion fight, 200 mommy medicines. <laughs> lion fight. <laughs> training. And by that, I mean being it run over by a train. Anthrax-infused blunt puff puff pass. Self-dismemberment. Fargoed and maggots. Oh my gosh. I, so like I, th- I come at this like for lore and for story because I've been, lis- I've been listening to a whole lot of Gary Newman recently. So I don't know anything about music. 
Um, What's Gary? Who's Gary Newman? I shouldn't say what. Who's Gary Newman? Here in my car, I feel safest of oh, all. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, Gary Newman's a fucking man, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> fuck yeah! Why isn't he saying here in my plane? I have a pilot license because he doesn't have a pilot license. Yes, he does. We talked about this. He can fly a fucking plane. It's a huge storyline in early Mighty Boosh episodes. He doesn't have it in 1980. Here in my plane. No, I think he went from high school into the military, so he was always able to fly oh, an shit, airplane. Then Here in right, my that, plane. I don't know. But talking about can't uh, can't end myself. Uh, I star the songs as as like I'm taking notes to like because we have to choose a song to put onto the uh, definitive playlist. This is my double starred song. There is some there is something about the imagery of your superpower is that you can't die, but you retain every injury. Mm-hmm. So he's so every time he tries to kill himself unsuccessfully, he's just like dragging a new body part. There's like just well, a, tra- a snail trail of blood and organs everywhere he goes. And visually, that's very silly to me. And this, and, and it's also like when we talk about like campy uh, misery, camp, like like a very fan, fantastic level of misery and violence. This, the, this story just tickled me. And it's a simple story. It's a man who can't kill himself, but he really wants to. I think this song, like the bizarre songs, it sounds unfinished. It also, like, dude, tell the producer, crank that BPM down maybe a seven so your flow can be a little bit eased. And besides that, those are my only two gripes. Like, his, his, he's nearing on dick and mouth syndrome, which is in rap, at least in my friend group of rap, is when you're trying to rap fast and then it, you just mumble over words like you have a penis in your mouth. Wow. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> this is going to be funny again, because I think what I know what's going on here. Uh, I When I took notes of this, and this is actually, I listened to this right before this started. So I most recent, these are my most recent thoughts on this. All I said was that this song was very fucking blah and uh, standard fodder. And because when I listen to this, I get that there's like a lore and I get like that there is a story here. It just sounded like standard ICP bullshit. Yeah. And I was fucking, I was fucking depressed. It was miserable listening to this. <laughs> wow. Because I was just, it just sounded okay. like, it sounded not, it sounded like he was tired of saying this bullshit mm-hmm. during this fucking song. And like, I, I didn't give but a that's shit the what character. he was talking the about. The character is tired of this bullshit. But like, it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel okay. like that type of thing. It felt like, you said it was Silent J? Yeah. Who yeah. recorded this? Like, it felt like he was like, I hate this type of song right now. <laughs> and I fucking was miserable listening to it because wow. I knew he was saying stuff, but none of the words, none of the imagery affected me because it was just, it didn't feel like a guy tired. It felt like a performer sick of doing that shtick at that moment. I also think that because these were unearthed, I, m- this is my honest opinion. It's, this is also speculation. I think some of these tracks are scratch tracks, meaning maybe Shaggy was also going to be on some of these verses. It's like, hey, I'm going to record them and then it eh, didn't really hit. And then, you know, wh- what, almost 20 years later, someone finds them. They mix them now. So it's not like these were being mixed at the time because even uh, we haven't touched on it a lot because at least the ones – at the end, those uh, preacher stuff, I believe, was put in recently. Those weren't of the time. 
It must have been. We'll we'll talk about that when we get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, I have mm-hmm. a thing about that. Uh, how? Uh, and le- just one quick question before we move on: How mad are you guys going to be if this gets on the definitive playlist? Very mad because I only think one of these songs is worthy of being on ooh, the list. Ooh, ooh, this song should, sucks. Like it's miserable. <laughs> you should have had me as a co-host. Thumbs down. <laughs> Nick, I wish you were the co-host. James, you shouldn't have had me on as a co-host, bud. I'm going to give this neutral thumbs. No one's up. No one's down. But I do think <laughs> if they had re-recorded this and polished it up, this would have been very good for Hell's Pit. Okay. Uh, we'll, go, we ha- uh, nope. we'll go to the next song. We'll go to the next song. We'll go to the next song. I'm immediately going to hate this song. And there is a specific reason for it. And when I heard it, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. This is one good thing about them putting this out. Taking it away is an Axe Murder Boy song in my eyes because Axe Murder Boys, they get signed in 2006. And uh, which, man, I can't wait till we get to that era because there's a huge story behind how they get signed and all of that. But everyone knows I'm a big AMB fan. On their first album on Psychopathic, Blood In, Blood Out, they have a song, same beat, better, you know, mixing and whatnot, taking it away that they did this. They did, The hook is the same, but the verses are their own. And because of that, I am already like, eh, it's fine. Also, he's constantly in this album on two of the songs, this one in particular, where he's contradicting his like, oh, we hate rich people, but... If you left it as like, hey, I don't want to be rich, but you need some money to survive. But he's he's saying like, well, I want like these nice cars and shit. So I don't like that part of this. Oh, I took it. I took it as uh, 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 definitely another character song. And because we've talked they've done songs before uh, about uh, how we don't we don't we're not about that big money rap. We're real indie guys. We just do it. I thought this was their most successful version of that song. Uh, Also, because it doesn't focus on. I, my, my note was, hold on, let me, let me get this note. Uh, compared to other shots at Big Money Rap songs, this is a much more focused effort, where a lot of times they kind of get distracted by their own message. And then actually, it's less about rappers rapping about money. It feels more about the general pitfalls of capitalism, money mm-hmm. first ideology. And so like in, in that sense, and, I did, and it's the first time we've talked about this before, where they have a lot of those songs where it's, I want my cake and I want to eat it too. This mm-hmm. is the first time it didn't feel like that. And it didn't feel, it, is, it, it felt more, it felt more pointed at big money ideology, just capitalism. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> what other people are not seeing is Nick is clearly dumbfounded by our just very analytic shit on ICP songs. Nick, is that why you're laughing? I, I really am. I really am. Nick, this podcast has broken me. I don't exist in this mental plane anymore okay, I've spent well, 22 weeks defending and justifying titty titty fart poop into like a metaphor for our society well because it exists there there are they leave just enough like breadcrumbs to put it together and i am covered in red string and fucking fart jokes from clowns this is the biggest laugh i've had (laughs) in like years probably uh i I have to be honest with you um Mm -hmm. i i just have to give my thoughts do it all i said was this is the party time shit and when I listened to this song, which I thought was great, I I said, I imagine being at their event, their dark, is it the dark carnival? I'm getting yeah. that right when yeah. I say that, right? Okay. Yeah. I imagine being at the dark carnival 
while they performed this. Like, and it felt like, again, to my whole like mainstream thing, I could see them making this song for those moments to get like everybody going in the crowd and like everybody in unison. And it reminded me of like how Kanye and Drake, like, you know, Kanye recently paid millions of dollars to be in like the Mercedes Benz stadium to play his album, to make sure it sounded great in a stadium. Mm -hmm. And this felt like them doing that. And I, I put, they were like in their bag. Like they were really, this felt like if, if I was like in at that place myself, I would be like, wow, this is, I don't know how I got here, but like people seem to be having fun right now. Like this isn't that bad. And like, I feel like this song is great. Honestly, you want to I know? thought it was really nice. And it's to hear all those thoughts. I was like, man, I must have like a thing in my head where I'm like, I'm just listening to how the song feels at this point. No, you're what's known as a healthy brain. Yeah. I am broken. James has destroyed uh-huh, uh-huh. everything that made me See, me. I, I live in his basement and all I do is listen to clown shit. I need to leave. I thought you would have come at this as like, hey, let's like joke on these songs. But then you're like, no, I'm taking this seriously and I'm going to analyze this how it deserves to be. There has been a miscommunication that I'm a funny person. I'm not. You are are very good at stand-up and improvising. And then you get on the microphone with me and you're like, I'm going to throw out all of my training and career just to, uh, no, that's well, no, but that's actually, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. I'm not, not, te- not skill wise, uh. but approach wise. I'm a Bret Hart to comedy where Bret Hart wasn't the most interesting dude. He just took it real seriously. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't doing the most flips. He wasn't doing like acrobatically the, the most interesting stuff. He just did simple stuff very well and took it seriously. That's how I've done everything in comedy is just like, break everything down and kind of nerd out on stuff. I, so like that's where I get that's where I get comedy on this too is like let's break down this weird fucking shit show they call the dark carnival and see like what because that's here's the thing cuz and James you've grown up in, in as a juggalo you've like been surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. When you learn that everything is a concept album and it's secret Christian messaging that's a, that's insane. It's it's insane yeah. how much of this is a rock opera about being a good Christian. Which, it's ridiculous. Uh, no, no, being a, like a not a Christian. Sorry, they, a, a higher a, a spiritual. power. Yes, spirituality. Yeah. But a lot of it, a lot of the themes are Christian because that's just what they know. So, like as much as as much as they don't uh, subscribe to to the Christian like book. Every all the metaphors and 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 yeah. Or Christian. Yeah. It's fucking weird. I, I just, Ugh. this thought popped into my head. I want to listen back through all of your appearances on Mostly Speaking Sentai and see if it's Nicole and I are the reasons why, you, like, maybe we're, th- why you aren't a huge stand-up because you're like, I want to do, I'm just going to hang out with these two assholes. I have always taken my appearances on those shows very seriously. Two tickets to Sheridice. <laughs> that was one of your things. You said that in a I, scene. I used to be funny. <laughs> what happened to me? What we did. Me? We happened oh to you. Uh, <laughs> you want to know I, I happened to you? Nicole, uh, I'm not going to put that on her. Uh, I put this with the mixtape. I put MT. Do you want to go on to I Can See It All? Uh, sure. 
I have all the things. So this is a man who has just is constantly seeing horrific things when he closes his eyes like he's getting the these beamed into him. Can I explain everything he sees? Sure. First, girlfriend nude on webcam showing it to friends. And so in scenarios where a police officer is doing shooting, best case scenario is heroin. <laughs> Agreed. Because he sees a police officer shooting heroin. That's not horrific. If anything, that's a community service. Yeah. <laughs> it makes them relatable. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like me. Hey, kids, I hear you're skateboarding down at the, at the park. Let me. Yeah. See, I'm cool, too. Yeah, see, I'm not a cop. <laughs> you can, you can uh, I guess, rub this on your gums to make sure it's real, too. <laughs> Next up, he sees a nun with ball sack chin, a la Hugh Jackman in movie 43. See, I, I went, I went uh, Men in Black, uh, Men in Black 2. Oh, there's someone with ball sack chin? Yeah, he pulls yeah, out a Tommy scarf. Tommy Jones he... does a huge jump kick and takes him out. Yeah. He's a ball chinian. Ball yes. chinian, they call them. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Nick, you're my new favorite. Can you please replace James? <laughs> <laughs> it's your thing. Yeah, and we'll no longer listen to ICP, and I'll save my brain. It'll be a Lil John. <laughs> Actually, I, I had a quick comment on Lil John. I think it's in his uh, appearance on Rap Evolution, him mm -hmm. doing a sort of Kanye West thing, but before way before Kanye West, in his studio is like attached to the studio is like a small club space, like a small venue, so he can go in there, play his new music, so he can hear how it would sound on a sound system in a club. Genius. Yeah. Man, it feels like it, it, it's he's like ludicrous in this way that you say he's underrated, even though like he has the fame and accolades, but people don't really give him the credits for what he did. He yeah. has the ludicrous fame. actually had bars though. He actually yeah. had, he could really rap. Really yeah, oh, I mean, for like the production side with Lil Jon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, he has, they have the fame, not the, not the accolades, I think is fair to say. Where like, if you know, you know, mm -hmm. but like, otherwise you're just like, no, no, he was like a really cool radio guy. I don't know. Maybe they made an SNL sketch about him. And it's like, no, no, yeah. no. He, they revolutionized uh, the industry. They have revolutionized the art form. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ludacris has Grammys. So yeah. Yeah. Fuck out of here. I'm sure Lil John probably does actually too. I'm not even gonna lie. Well, that's it. They, they they get the awards, but I feel like like if you mention someone to Lud if you mention Ludacris to someone, it's kind of like a oh yeah, I guess. And it's like no, you don't understand how like you need to understand how good he. We and then we or maybe we're just like salty old pe old people who just like no, you you don't understand. He's great. He's brilliant. Definitely that too. I, I tattooed him on my chest. I've said it before about his intros on this show. His intro should be a template for rap intros. Because they're great. Yes. They they establish the album. It's just him rapping for a, you know, maybe 32 bars, hard as hell, and then he gets out of there. But what else mm -hmm. can this man see? Disgusting fathers, a husband beating his wife, unconsensual BDSM is how I took one of those uh, stanzas. Crows with or without his eyes closed. So even when they're open, he's seeing crows. Unsolved mystery files, but not the solutions, which that is pretty fucked up. If you're being seen all this stuff, hey, maybe I can help dead zone style. Suck you by, maybe is one of those lines. Lynchings and pillagings. And finally, the belly of the beast. And all of this is in full vivid HD color, 4K. 
Even when he closes his eyes, he sees it all. I thought this was, and it's, it's just weird in the time we're in now. Like, I've, I've written down, if you got exhausted by the news after the pandemic, do I have a song for you? Because <laughs> it really, that's, uh, there's a Zappa song, uh, Ain't No uh, Trouble uh, trouble Coming Every Day, Trouble Every Day. That's about the same thing of just being like, fuck. I have zero trouble coming every day. I mean, but it's, it's, a, it's about, uh, part of it's about uh, like grow, growing up in this 24-hour news cycle. Which mm-hmm. is a which was a, a a huge change just to sort of how we absorbed media and like everything. Now we know everything happening everywhere, uh, and if and there is constantly bad news, uh, and it's it's weird. It's it, it's it was about to happen. That's that's progression of information, but like, damn, it's overwhelming. Yeah, I enjoyed this song for what it is. I did put an H by it if they refined it a little bit. It was kind of weird how they pitched his voice down. I don't know. Well, and it definitely fits. It definitely fits the Hell's Pit narrative mm-hmm. of like, like this character's personal hell is just seeing how bad Earth is every time they close their eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd suck. Except, I don't know, if yeah. I if every time I closed my eyes it was Nicole naked, I'd be like, yeah, I'm where I should be. That's cute and disgusting at the same time. <laughs> Sick of this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, so looking cute. at my notes, I definitely remember this <laughs> song now. And uh, uh, my first note really just sums it up. And it's this song sucks. Uh, I fucking hate this song. Uh, I I know it's the I've seen so many troubles in the world and even mainstream rappers do this. And it's like for for rappers who are about that, like do it. And I get that in their own way. They're with that. But like I was just like, shut the fuck up and like rap about (laughs) the fun, stupid, crazy, weird (laughs) shit, because. This is the first song where, and I don't mean this, it just sounded, I don't even mean it in the the racial tone. I just mean it sounded super vanilla and reminded me of just the way loser kids would fucking cipher in like high school gym class. <laughs> and I fucking was miserable. Like this song sucks. This, is John, this is John Cena on go. the bus with Rey Mysterio and Rikishi. Hell yeah, This dude. was John Cena's freestyle. This, is belie- this was beneath them to me yeah. personally. I can see that. I will say the hook is good or it, the hook stuck in my mind and there are some like decent rhyme schemes in it and the, just like in little parts. It's not like the entire things. He's like, I'm hollow rhyming Sean Price style, but it, there are competent raps. It's not just like a, a, b, b. I was miserable. That's the dangerous thing about anything that's bland uh, is that usually technically it's competent, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wrestling, comedy, writing, uh, music. Technically, when it's bland, it's competent be- or else it would be fun bad. Oh, yeah. This is that's the thing when it's just like, no, it's competent. It makes sense. It's just not. And I see that point. It's just there's nothing. There's no spe- there's nothing special. There's no not music. Musically, there's a hook, but there's no like emotional hook. No- they get caught in loops, you know, like with every artist where like their subject matter, like there's an artist right now, Pusha T, who raps about nothing but dealing coke. And he released his most recent song. And I mean, like since 2003, that's all he's rapped about. And he yeah. just released a song with Kanye West. Everyone talks about it. And then I look at the video and, and it is Pusha T. Pusha T is a great rapper, but yeah. immediately just like coke reference. And I was just like, man, you just, you just went right, <laughs> right to it. And unfortunately, like, I just, they they weren't able to keep it as compelling as he does. And I just felt miserable. I just felt like mm-hmm. this is just standard 
bullshit ICP fodder trying to be fake deep. And they might care about these issues in a real way, but I don't feel like they care about them when they made this song. No, I think something we've always, I've talked about, uh, we've talked a lot about on this podcast, is that they're uh, they're good storytellers, they're great world builders, but they have to be very direct all the time. Like they they don't they don't deal well in subtleties, they don't do deal well in metaphors. Uh, so when it comes to a song like this and any of their tropes they hit over and over again, it's gonna feel very samey mm-hmm. because they have to because they don't know how to be anything but really blunt. And like, and just yeah. really straightforward. I do think they do it better than like Cottonmouth Kings, where like Cottonmouth Kings, it's in their name. You know what they're going to be rapping about all the time, just partying and smoking weed. They had like three very good albums. Like Rolling Stone is one of the best underground albums, in my opinion. But eventually, you're like, how much can you keep talking about smoking weed? Push your teeth, still going strong. <laughs> yeah. See, which is why, and I know James doesn't, uh, James is not a huge fan, but it's like, it's the one thing I'll say for, uh, so like my first favorite rapper, uh, was Dr. Octagon, Dr. Octagon Ecologist. It's just, it's the first album I listened to. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. It gets weird a lot, but it lets them like just branch, branch into different Mm -hmm. directions. Not saying the same shit twice. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. He's, he's an odd one. A cool Keith. You might know him as Nick. But that's the thing. Or if I'm listening to Thomas Dolby, who is the guy who wrote uh, She Blinded Me With Science, but other better songs. There you go. I fuck with that Yo, guy. right? I love that stuff. The wild thing about him is like, so his first song is She Blinded Me With Science. That's a fun, like, I like this girl song. His second, his second single, it's about how his grandfather drowned in a submarine that got sank during World War One. Hell yeah. Dude, those, those are two weird. Yeah, there's like two very different directions. 80s, like those weird 80s hits, kind of like new age things that like sit. And I love those songs. Like there's this movie called Real Genius with Val Kilmer in it. And they have like two songs in there. Um, One of them's called Falling by Comsat Angels that I've really been wanting to sample. And another one is called um, Number One by this guy. I think his name is Frank Jankel. And you can find it, but it's like. It's the craziest fucking like 80s methodical like studying for school montage thing, but it's incredible. And I love songs like She Blinded Me With Science because they have that weird kind of added new age flair that almost hits funk, but kind of like veers back. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 nice. So I'm with you on that. I just honestly last year for years, it was like I I, I just didn't get it. And then it was it was like digging more into into Dolby, and then I dug more into Gary Newman, and I really like Joy Division is I'm getting into now, and it's just it, it like it kind of blew my mind like oh I really like the new wave scene because it it plays on so many things, but it it all comes back it all comes back to being catchy mm-hmm. like it experiments and it yeah. goes weird, but it still all comes back to being really catchy and really listenable. That's so important. With, yeah. with, to me at least, with music, and uh, oh, I yeah. feel like it's not a coincidence with a lot of the songs that were off-putting to me. I think you guys remember, like they're the least melodic songs, also on this album, yeah. probably <laughs> that have all just struck nowhere with me. And That's- I think a lot of that has to do <laughs> with it. Well, no, it, it, in, it, it, in a parallel, uh, recently, uh, comedian Whitney Cummings uh, kind of came under fire def- uh, in defense of Joe Rogan, who's such a nice guy. <clears throat> And uh, the whole she put out this whole tweet. It was like, well, comedians aren't here to be your role models. Da 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 da. We're here to take you through this mental haunted house. God. And at no point, at no point does she mention and to be funny, 
which is what you it doesn't I don't care how deep you are, like how how many cool hot takes you have on something. You have to be funny. And it's the same thing with music. Like you have the music has to be catchy. It has to be listenable. There needs to be that needs to be there the same way your your really edgy, cool fucking Bill Hicks material still needs to be fucking funny, dude. Yeah, like, or your Lenny Bruce's, but you want to know? Let's let's figure Lenny out. Lenny Bruce's, fuck you, James. <laughs> Lenny <laughs> Bruce was fun because I had this conversation recently. At the time, comedy was very different. I will <laughs> say, at the time, he was fine. Late stage Lenny Bruce. That is specifically what I'm talking about. Like oh, when well, he started getting pissed, and well, I mean, the FBI when he was, was a, after when he was a full on heroin addict, and he could barely like, yeah, of course. He was bitter and he was bitter and addicted to heroin. It's, it's really hard to be and and constantly in jail. Those three things make it very hard to be funny. But he was a big enough celebrity to get booked. Man, when you hear this stage banter of you know early '90s G.G. Allen, I'm busting a gut, dude. <laughs> oh my god, he was also. Yeah, I bet you are addicted to heroin in jail a lot. Uh, I mean, he was he was a little bit of everything. If you ever listen to my friend Phil from Buffalo, that guy's hilarious. He actually was a comedian who died from a heroin overdose. Uh, I feel bad now. I used to be funny. What happened? Well, let's go to the funniest song (laughs) I've ever heard, Big Bad Wolf. Okay, here's what I think is why this song exists. Wizard of the Hood did very well and was very good. So, oh, idea pops in our head. We'll Disney the shit. We'll take just public domain material and make them ICP-esque. And guys, you catch lightning in the bottle once, you can't do it twice. I liked this song. Oh, my my God. Yeah, I love this song. I fucking love this song. (laughs) I was saying, if you guys don't let me. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, if you guys don't let me get Can't End Myself, this is my backup pick. This song's great. Wow. Uh, it's well, This it, was going to be where my dating game song, my rant was going to come from. Because I was like, this yeah. is, I would hate an ICP album if it didn't have a song like this. Like that Absolutely. was wow. what I put in here. <laughs> I want to prowl like the wolf do at night. I don't think that's a melody, but it's close. <laughs> what, what else do you want? Like yeah. that's their one, man. Fucking great. Verse that one. was the first it, thing I put. Fucking great. <laughs> verse one. It's like Little Red Riding Hood, but if the wolf was a sex pest. Verse two. It's like three little piggies, but the wolf's a break and entering killer thief. Verse three. It's like the boy who cried wolf. And really, it's just the same story, but the yeah. wolf has a blunt now. That's the. That's it. That's it. Okay, for the Cry. first verse, I recently <laughs> watched a Little Red, like Little Hot Riding Hood, whatever it's called. Is that a porn? That's a porn. No, it's the uh, the uh, <laughs> oh the uh, the the Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's MGM, sir. Oh, is it? Oh, I always thought that was Warner Brothers by Tex Avery. It's yeah, it's the one with the the uh, they're like a nightclub cabaret. Yeah, and, and uh, Little Red is a is a woman in a big slinky dress oh being my. all sexy. It is not big slinky. It's form fitting and short, dude. It's for this was a child's animated thing and so i'm reading a hannah barbera like porn without being porn yes i'm reading a joe barbera autobiography and he mentions tex avery and how the head of mgm fucking hated him because he would just make these sexy cartoons but people loved it so he he couldn't tell him to stop and (laughs) that's so fucking funny hell yeah he's like what do you want what do you want yes i'm giving the people what they want (laughs) hell yeah kids love it what are you talking about yeah kids are all about them titty game kids love titties that's where they get their milk it's something for daddy guys something for daddy yeah 
<laughs> yeah, let's let's give that text Avery on, kids. <laughs> yeah. Slides a cigar. <laughs> guys, it's so great. it's so horny, guys. And mm -hmm. so like to mm -hmm. see like him and they they break the fourth wall in that. And that's also what MGM didn't like. They were like, what what are you doing right here? That, because it starts out as a normal little red riding hood, and then the wolf's like, I don't want to fucking do this. He doesn't say fucking, and then little red riding hood's like, yeah, I hate just being like this girl all the time. And then they're like, we're leaving. We're going to do our own thing. And then uh, she's all sexy and whatnot. So going, like, it's already Which is been kind of, which is shockingly empowering of mm -hmm. like a, of like, hey, we're, we've been setting these roles for so long. Yeah. We should be able to write our own narrative. I'll give you my boomerang password so you can watch it. No, that's okay. I got you porn. I'll okay. Right. It probably is just, it's for sure on rule 34. But Hell yeah, it is. It, like that. I've been looking at rule 34 this entire recording. Uh -oh. What are we talking about? Huh? So th just knowing that, like what Red Riding Hood could be subverted into. I'm looking into. for rule 34 and Dr. Wiggle Farmer. Okay, I'm done. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the the only thing I did really like, like that's oh, this is ICP mythos, is that the three little pigs are just Richies going into his neighborhood, and I think that's like a symbolization of gentrification. And oh, yeah. he kills them because he's like, no, you you cannot be here. You are rich, and you will drive up the prices of people who can't afford their homes to be their rents to be driven up. They love their they love their murder in the name of social justice. Mm -hmm. They do, they do. They sure do. I, I agree with Nick. I thought this song was fun as hell. All right. The thing I know I, I noticed on this also because I like I'm not gonna lie I liked a lot of this. Um, because like, again because I'm I'm a I'm big dumb musically. I I still think Tom Waits is great. Is that like the whole storytelling perspective? I think they've they've mass they've understood that they're they 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 simplify the story. Uh, previous albums they like they just go all over the place and there's just no focus and when your your whole thing is message which is what they do like you you need to simplify you need to be able to tell a story succinctly to get all of your points your message across it's a it's a big brecht thing uh it's why uh when brecht was creating epic theater back uh back in the day uh or mid 20th century i think uh but his whole thing was like i don't want to create i don't want to tell these like 3,000 3, different character arcs and everyone's real grounded. I want, the point of my plays is to have a message. So we're going to break the fourth wall and we're going to tell, we're going to use simple dialogue almost to the point of like, you know, it's campy how like unnatural it is, but it's very simple and it gets the message across. And I think by, I don't think there's a message in this song, but I think it's a simplified story to get the story across. Yeah. I have this super weird note that uh, I was like, songs like this, could have given them legit mainstream appeal like back in the day where mm -hmm. I also say at least at Limp Biscuit or at the very least Alien Ant Farm level notoriety. And I feel like they missed out on that white hot thing because they didn't lean into stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then I also put, but is that fair because the ICP is bigger than both of those guys in their prime combined as far as revenue mm -hmm. they yeah. generate. So what, and that's a fair trade off, I guess. Yeah, yeah. the fair trade off. I think so. You want to get into the next one? Totes. It's, oh, that Big Bad Wolf I put down as like a mixtape thing. Top tier. Top tier mixtape, but it doesn't belong. It, it has nothing else to do with Hell's Pit. Mm -hmm. Next is Alakazam. This is another, uh, that belch has nothing to do with my feelings on this song. 
Um, I the only note I had is like this would like this is when I got the concept of hey this could have been the bridge between the two Joker's cards and I because it brings up the witch like you could have mm -hmm. established that as a character and the and like this is the first time I notated something of the preacher stuff at the end of each song and that this is the one where it's so dumb. But that's all I have to say about this song. I but I know nothing and remember nothing about it. Uh yeah, it and it mentions the witch is like the witch is kind of a throwaway. The witch is the devil. Uh by the way, that's just in the in the lore of ICP. But she's just kind of a throwaway reference. She's it's not like they it they, uh, they, it. it's just, uh, the story reference, this just kind of feels like from a story point, uh, clarifies the clown purpose, uh, in the schemes of the witch. This is just kind of like a, Hey, we're murder clowns. This is what we do. Yeah. So this, uh, when I first listened to this, this was what inspired the transitions, the song to skit to song transitions. Cause this was between bad wolf to this was one of the best transitions I've ever heard where I was just like, wow, this is great. And um, this was what I felt was, at the time, the best song on the project, where it felt like the most mainstream. It filled up with a lot of the production, really great. And this led to my ultimate, <laughs> this crazy note that I left with my ultimate like belief about ICP, which is that they feel like a fake musical group that exists within the Toe Jam and Earl universe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the beats are in like the Doug show. Like I feel like they, ICP is a group that exists solely within the universe of Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> That's totally, yeah, I see that. That's a high compliment to give any band. I would love to Honestly, be a fictional band this in was Toe a great Jam and Earl. Song. I have no problems with it, but that was how I felt <laughs> at the yeah. end of it. It's definitely on the album. This is the most like, not not just accessible, but just like this is a, this is an ICP like not standard in a bland way, but standard in like yeah, this is this is kind of what you'd expect. Where everything else is, everything else on this album is kind of is it a concepty or a story driven? Mm -hmm. It's you know, there's nothing here to just get you like, hey, this is what ICP is about. I didn't choose it for my uh pick uh for my uh like definitive uh choice, but this is an absolute valid and like solid pick for. Like a, when you're putting together the, de the definitive, I've never listened to ICP. What should I listen to? Because that's kind of like that's kind of what the podcast does, I guess. I don't fucking know what we do anymore. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching Rule Thirty Four since we started. Yeah. But like, if that's what we're doing, like this is this is a great song for that. Yeah. You want to get into the next one? Uh, sure. Yeah. This is Spontaneous Nation Combustion with PFT and Eben Schlater. This is the, that's the first note I have is it's my favorite It's the ten, 10 out of 10. This song gets this song gets on the playlist just for that. Can oh, we isolate yeah. that and put that on the playlist? Yeah, let's do that. I did <laughs> have uh, I just am now able to read this note. They make preachers look like preachers are like, hey, we want to be just so serious and we're going to give you this brimstone preaching, but they come off as so hokey and like the, uh, I f now know what this is. You're going to have flames coming out your butthole. It's like how no one is going to be scared of you saying it like that. You stupid but idiot. They are. Oh they my are, God. Bro. Like yeah. you don't get it. Like when you're in that whole thing and they're like sitting there, like he's like, 
he is like screaming on the mountaintops as like clouds throw lightning down behind him to those people. Oh, like, yeah. It's really like that. Like they're really out there like commanding. So no. it sounds fucking loon to us. Even some Christians, it sounds super loon to, but like <laughs> to them, they're because <laughs> they, yeah. there are tears of Christians who are like, all right, you're kind of like out there, bro. Like those yeah. ones that are like almost so wide eyed, eyes looking the other way, telling you about their like, their super praise camp that they go to, and you're like, all right, man, it's, it's cool. <laughs> well, well, and I always think of uh, uh, there's a comedian back in Buffalo, Jesse Winterhalter, who I cannot plug enough. He's amazing. If you're ever in Buffalo looking for comedy, watch his shit. And I remember there was a I think there was a year, I think it was back in 2017 or so, and he didn't start as a comedian. He was a musician for years and years and years. He eventually moved to Arizona to Buffalo, and he kind of just got tired of like joining bands and then everyone kind of flaking on the project that he's like. And he's like, oh, and I don't have the equipment to like do solo stuff. Let me find something I could do creatively that I can do just on my own. And he found comedy. And it was about that time, like he was probably like two or three years into doing stand-up, that he got really into televangelists. And not from like, he's the least Christian man I've ever met. He is nothing but a series of whiskey stains and uh, just various chemicals running through his body. There is nothing Christian about this man. But he, but he was, he was upset. He was so like into their pacing mm-hmm. their, and their delivery and like how, like just in, in, as far as like communicate communicators and propagandists, uh, which is what they are like, and not that far from what we do as comedy. Believe, here are the, here are my thoughts. Please agree with me. And then we can laugh together. Their timing and their rhythms and how, like how hard they can go just like, like in vocal control as well. Mm-hmm was he, he was like trying every, he was getting everyone it's like don't believe any of it but like watch it and study it just for how they deliver because that's i mean it's like robin williams it. energy <laughs> like yeah. they are they're charlatans they're snake oil salesmen and like you're seeing like almost the last remnants of like vaudeville in like those dudes absolutely they're complete charlatans like and that's not even a thing about religion i don't believe that about any anybody can believe what they want but like televangelists particularly they're yeah. charlatans they're complete like shysters mm-hmm. like they're out here and it's crazy because you oh, see yeah. all that old school like pull up in a wagon with like some material, like mysterious liquid to sell to the town like in them and mm-hmm. it's crazy and it's like and, and you ask how do they do this it's speak they they're they are technically very proficient in public speaking that's a huge part of it like how do they get away with it it's part of it's promising people people want to believe it yeah like that's a huge a huge part of it is like i want to believe it they are just confirming it uh confirmation bias and it's because they can go, they can speak at such a pace that's not it's not too fast but it is that, that, that like people can't understand it but it is just fast enough that you don't have time to pause and think about it you don't yeah. have you don't have time to put a question in they also solely believe that the people they're talking to are complete fucking idiots. Oh, yeah. Because that's why they're able to do, like, that's the whole dark tone that I don't think people get from that is that it's a very cynical thing to be able to talk to people like that. And you have to wholly believe that, like, these guys are fucking suckers because they go a million miles a minute. They don't care if one person who isn't dumb does try to say anything. They'll breeze right past it because they know Dumb people yeah. don't pay attention to the story. And that's all they're talking to. Even if a wide audience sees them, they're only talking to the dumb people that believe them. And then eventually all those people come together because they think it's earnest. But they're so earnest because they're like, these people are really dumb. And I know I can just fucking get them. And that's always it, the thing that like is disturbing about them. Yeah, it's wild. 
I always wanted to like do a podcast in like, oh, I'm going to start podcasting and speaking to the audience as if I'm a pastor in this vein. But I, I was work. going to. I was going to bring that up again, but then Nick saying like, oh, yeah, they're they're just speaking to the – like they believe everyone's dumb. And I was like, well, I'm not mean like that, so I couldn't do that. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's mean. It's also incredibly – it's narcissistic. You have to you, – because I hate you also myself. have to believe that you're – right? <laughs> they, like, I do think it's – because they definitely think everyone's dumb, but they, I also think they buy into their own shit so hard. Mm-hmm. I don't think they think – they probably – I don't think they believe in the actual mythology of the, of the religion they're pushing, but no. they believe that they are just the smartest people, that they – everybody is a mark everyone like they and i don't think they that's it you have to like the the detachment you need from the from human civilization to do and, that work and to know how easy it is to just like i remember one reporter went up to that one old dude who did like that weird corona sermon and laughed about it she talked to him about like i think jesus says something like uh, a rich person will have a harder time or almost like it's almost impossible for them to get into heaven or something like that it is easier to pass a camel through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yes. And all he said was, all things are possible through God. And that was it. And he just was like, man. fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. That was all he said. He was just like, well, all things are possible through God. Fuck off. Dude, stand, like, and then dipped into his like limo. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's wild. I've always, I don't know. I, I say I'm religious because I'm really into mythology. And I, I'm, I I do believe enough in a higher power. Not not hard. But like religious in that I, I, I'm not not necessarily Christian. I understand the higher power because I went 12 years to Christian school, but that's just, that's my education. See, you know, you know what time it is. Oh yeah. You've been through that shit. You've <laughs> oh yeah. And that's, and then you look back on it and you like for every like one positive figure I had, there's 12 that don't get it there that are that, that, that you, that they use it to, they use it to fit their confirmation bias, but especially, especially the wealth stuff you stop and you ask them like, well, hold on. Why? Why do you live in this nice ranch house while like half your students are struggling? And they're just like, through all things, God is possible. Fuck you. That's not what, yeah. the, that's not the message. You're, mm-hmm. you're fitting it to your own narrative. And, and, and there's a mindset with uh, people who are in church where I've heard from people who are a part of churches where like people where pastors are like super rich, where they're like, well, if he is living a good life, then that shows we made the right decision in the church. So they almost want to give more money to show how successful and great their pastor is in superiority. Yeah. So there's like a dual mindset mind fuck going on there with, with some yeah. churches, it's not every church, but like there are places where people even adhere to that mindset. So there's such a weird connection and. Ugh. And so wild on the, like on the Jesus bent, one of the biggest mess, one of the biggest things that ever got put out there was the, uh, the look at the flowers. Uh, the flowers are not dressed in the fanciest clothes, the fuck, but they are taken care of. Like that's his whole thing is that like you don't your your reward is not on earth. It's not of earthly possession. It's not your reward will not be materialistic. So for them to be like, no, our reward was materialistic. I guess we're just so fucking cool. It's like no, you missed the point. You missed all of it. Mm-hmm. It just means God loves them more. Fuckers. Guys, one sentence each on spontaneous combustion because we are past the two hour mark. Uh, Nick, do you want to go first? I can go first. Uh, I definitely thought this was the best song on the album. It was funny that you guys said it was one dude because I honestly thought another dude started writing at Bad Big Bad Wolf. And I was like, this must be the good guy. 
in ICP because these songs are fucking great. Nice. And I even made like shows the difference in songwriters. Uh, very good production. <laughs> I was really like, the, the, whoever this guy is is way better than the other guy. And then um, uh, I actually thought there was light Rockefeller influence in uh, the songwriting. And uh, that it's interesting that this was from like 2004 at times because mm-hmm. it felt like he was listening to like state property with like Rockefeller records with Jay-Z in them. Cause they had a lot of that stuff and whoever led the production on this was a master. And I see why more horrorcore artists, which is why I messaged you about horrorcore. If they were, I see why a lot of them can't match up to ICP with the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one, uh, my one sentence. Yeah. Make it a run on sentence like I did. Lots of run on sentences. Stop. None of that's being edited out. That that was impressive. That's my sentence. Thank you. Thank you. I once I once told Sean, hey, one sentence on a song, and then three minutes later, he's like, all right, let's go on to the next one. I was like, that was the longest run on sentence then in the world. My one thing about this is the beat had like these this these singing melodies in it during the hook and like to bridge from the hook to the verses. I thought that was very good. Yeah, they felt like they were playing a lot, like. With just like produ- production things, uh, I I really think they were listening to Rockefeller records. It was just interesting. I would like to hear them speak on it because I don't but, think they're like against mainstream rap. They just do their own type. Well, guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't listen to a goddamn song to of this album. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to listen to Chino XL instead (laughs) because that bleeds into the last song. The truth. Fun fact about this, Sean, you'll be hearing this beat on a much better song next week on Black Rain by Dark Lotus, because this is the beat used for Pass the Axe. Oh, Dark Rain, uh, Dustin Rhodes and the the TNA. That's a that's a deep cut for like three wrestling fans out there, but they love it. Trust me, they love it. Shout outs uh, to you guys. Guys, yep. this song sucks. Use a puppet. Fuck it. Use a fuck puppet. A fuppet. And also, fuppet. like, F U P P E T, baby. This is another time that they contradict themselves. They're like, hey, uh, uh, like, also, the, the, the entire song doesn't need to happen because the the conceit is hey we are established and the truth is we didn't need any of you then why are you bitter about the entire industry you've done it you've proved yourself also you have said on many times selling albums doesn't equate to skill or like uh, your importance in this game but they say uh, to chino xl because chino xl uh, uh dissed them Back in a few years before this came out on uh, his like 2002 album that I can't remember the name of. But it wasn't like a huge diss. He he said, oh, and the insane clown posse of mock of rap, you make a mockery, which it's like, OK, dude, you, you can't do that like weird Yoda speak just to fit your rhyme scheme. He could have said like, hey, you want to know who's making a mockery of rap? The insane clown posse and just like really. Uh, emphasize that E sound, but now, do you know for a fact he didn't grow up on Dagobah? Uh, he might have, but he might have did. He might. He never just be a native, uh, native Dagobaden. Okay, Dagobaden. Dagobaden. But I don't want to speak anymore. Yeah, this this song is very just bitter. It reminded me of the bizarre, bizarre days, and it 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 sucks. Like 
so throughout throughout this episode, the one thing I, I, I thought they did well was that they were a lot more focused with their mm-hmm. message, that they were... Uh, this is the one that's like kind of all over the place. It's, yeah, we hate... Uh, we hate the record industry. We hate the media. We And then like for a second, they're like, and the entire world. But not really. We're just going to focus on the record industry and a little bit about mm-hmm. the media. And, and, and it's, it's just them having a moan. They're just bitching. I'd, I'd like Nick as someone who doesn't know the backstage politics of uh, the entire eras of Insane Clown Posse. What would you think of this? Uh, the first thing I wrote was underwhelming as fuck compared to the past two high points. This feels as stale as any other rapper talking about going to fucking a strip club mm-hmm. and throwing dollars. Like this, this felt like standard trying hard. And this was a song where I felt like they were trying to like rally people. It was fucking corny. I said this. I think there was a lyric in there that was saying like this song is for us. And I fucking put eye roll there. <laughs> like it fucking sounded like um, I recently got into Metallica. Uh, out of spite to a friend, so I like listen to because they said I I don't Metallica listen to uh, yeah they said I don't listen to anything but rap and I was like fuck you that's not true and their favorite band is Metallica so I just listened to their discography to be like fuck you now I'm a fan too fuck you Saint Anger the best album of all time am I right I don't hate it as much as other people but I fucking hate Load and Reload that was the worst oh, yeah. shit I ever heard and this song feels like Load. And reload in a song, like in comparison to ICP. Um, I just fucking really don't like this song. And I was like, I I hate that they did this to end this Mm -hmm. after those two high points. I wish they would have just stopped the album because the song sucks. And then Mm. the the last thing to talk about is the insane sermon at the end. And hey, guys, I myself... He, he says you shouldn't be this, but I am a freak pervert sympathizer. If anything, I am a freak pervert. So I I don't have actually, I don't have a lot to say about the song. It was kind of bleh, whatever. Um, I did look up uh, who this pastor was. So I, you ready to get into some of this? Oh, can I say one thing? Because it, please. It, please do. It's a quick genius note. And I sent this to you and I don't know if you. Uh, yes, you did. Yes, you okay. did. I love this note. Please, please, please. I was like, Sean, did you write this genius annotation? It is for these lines. Um, and fuck publicists because they're scared of this shit. And all y'all labels be sucking our dick because you can't even handle our own genius. And half y'all interns be sucking our penis. Then the annotation is... These lines seem to imply that Violent J and Shaggy Too Dope share a single penis. Jay also brings this up in Get Ya Wicked On with the line, we fuck hotties with the same dick. Sean, you yes. exactly said that when we were discussing Get Your Wicked On. Yo, because... <laughs> I called it. Listen, what can I say? I am the genius of Genius.com. It's me. Jo- it's been me. It's always been me. It's me, Austin. It's been me the whole time. I am the leader of the Dark Ministry. I am the third member of the NWO. And I called it. Shaggy and Jay have one bit, one dick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just so fucking lame. Like, the, those lyrics <laughs> were the worst. <laughs> like, and, and again, I don't think they always are the worst. I don't, there are plenty of songs I mm-hmm. actually liked on mm-hmm. more than I thought I would. And I was really surprised yeah. that this was throwaway. Because I was like, oh, man, they're really trying to do stuff. And this song is fucking miserable. This is the not even the worst, like, 
the most like ICP song ever. Like the worst of ICP in a yeah. song to me that mm-hmm, makes mm-hmm. them the most uninteresting and undesirable thing to listen to. Yeah, we agree. This song. And I hate that they used it to end this. <laughs> yeah. We've talked a lot about uh, ICP just having just whining songs because they have a couple of them of just like, of, oh, poor us. And it, it, it pulls back the curtain of the whole lore of the whole like the mythos they're trying to build. Uh, and it is it's never good. Yeah. They've never they've never had a successful talk about my talk about my problems. But because they're, they, they're not problems. They're not problems. They have an empire now, so it's like, shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. Yes. Fine. <laughs> you did fine. You're doing fine. all the respect in the world. And it's like, why are you even still doing this? It sounds like a, a girl who got a new boyfriend trying to talk to her ex. Like, see, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And it's like, this are you? Is, this is a worse version of Taylor Swift. This yeah, is a, like it's a really far worse. A far worse version of Taylor gross. Swift. Actually, yeah. you want to know the worst version of Taylor Swift? <laughs> Pastor Steven Anderson. Let's talk about him. So the track ends with a long, I didn't clock it, but it's like over a minute. I um, think it's four minutes long. Four and minutes. it just fades hard. out. Yeah. And it's and and, and and it's this wild, and we've talked about this, we've seen these guys before. He is one of these sort of snake oil salesmen, like televangelist style preachers. Um, his big thing, though, is anti-gay hate speech. Uh, when I was digging up on him, him and his church, let me look this up, uh, the Faithful Word Baptist Church, by Christians, are considered to be an anti-gay hate group. Like, not even just by, like, normal uh, thinking people. Mm-hmm. Other, Christ- other Christians, like, look at him and go, like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. And he's fine with that. He loves it. He's... To me, he, he's one of those guys that is definitely, he's trying to get, he's clout searching. He's clout hunting. He's just, he's doing whatever he can to get famous, to get seen. When this album came out, he released a response. Whoa. Yep. Because uh, people were bringing it up to him. He's, so, and apparently he has, he has multiple YouTube channels because they keep getting stricken for oh, being course. hate speech. So if you ever see, if you ever see this guy on YouTube, flag him. He's probably committing hate speech and you can get him taken off YouTube yet again. Um, but he's hunting for a clout. Uh, he says, um, in, in reference to in reference to the ICP, uh, I'm glad for, I'm glad for my preaching to pop up anywhere, and none of it's copyrighted. And I'm glad to hear my preaching, no matter where they're hearing it. And the reason for that is because I know that if they listen to the rest of my preaching, they're gonna hear about Jesus, which is it's so weird. Like it, honestly, that's. It, it's scary how much that parallels a lot of the ICP's mm-hmm. thinking in their when they were when they were releasing the most demonic evil shit. It was to get people to hear more about salvation, uh, whether it be Christian or spiritual or otherwise. What are you guys um, talking about? You're, you're making it sound like ICP is like all about. They are <laughs> like they, spreading. They this. are. Oh, what? Oh, yes. <laughs> they are shockingly a they, they are. They are more of a Christian group than fucking Creed, dude. Like, at n- not hyperbolically. They are <laughs> such a Christian group. Because, like, Wait when I... Minute. Yeah. When we okay, can, before, like... Can I... Uh, it ain't about jugglos or juggalettes or fucking Fago showers. What is it, that feeling you get when... What's behind the juggalo power? It ain't a fan club. It ain't about making a buck. Don't buy our fucking action figures. Bitch, I don't give a fuck. Oh, I think I... Uh, hold on. Let me bring up the lyrics. I'm bad at okay. lyrics. Are they as big as P.O.D. was? Because I heard P.O.D. was like a legit Christian group and we just thought their songs were dope. <laughs> I got I have to I would have to actually like go through the P.O.D.'s lyrics. I would say bigger. 
Uh, because Damn. since 92, that's been the not that subtle. By the, it's because none of us listen to ICP. Uh, but like yeah. when you go back and you do, it's like, it's not that, they're not that subtle about no. it. They I, are clearly like, yeah, they are clearly a morality play. I got them up and guess what? I, I was singing the lyrics in order. God damn it. Uh, it ain't about violent J or shaggy. The butterfly or 17. When we speak of Shangri-La, what you think we mean? The truth is we follow God. We've always been behind him. The carnival is God and may all juggalos find him. And then James Holy is just crying. Shit. <laughs> Since 92. So- Since 1992. Oh the last song of Shangri-La. Like this is their big moment. Like what was this? They said we, we were going to get the meaning this entire time. What is it? And that's what it is. And I cry every time I listen to it. Yo. like, And you love it? Yeah. And I'm not, I, I, I love, like, I wish when I die, I become a spawn. Like that's my. I really my, thought you were about to be like, I, I love Jesus. I just wanted to get to this point. <laughs> to tell you all about the glory of the Lord. One yeah. of the funniest things uh, on uh, the podcast that B brought it up twice. Um, TC was talking about like gospel music. And I go, man. I got to really look into this whole Christianity thing. And it made him and Eric laugh so hard because they're like, no, James, you'll never do that. What is this Christianity thing? Everything I was talking about it seems pretty nifty. Seems like it might be a hoot. But um, I do want to talk about I want to talk about a little bit more about uh, Anderson. Yeah. And then we got to um, wrap and, this up. Sure. Um, because like, so, yeah, they are they are heavily spiritual. Uh, and influenced, like if not directly, but influenced by Christianity. But and by 2018, they've also they've gone on record uh, with a lot of their homophobic usage, in that it's it was a product of the time, which it was. It's not. It doesn't justify it. It's still fucking shit. But that's how people talked. And the whole point, like more so than like finding salvation, it's that it's to be yourself. Like the whole message of being a juggalo is individuality. If you're don't feel you don't need to feel alone if you feel scared and alone joint be you you have somewhere to be so like so so and because i was like looking around and trying to figure out like i why do they use why do they use this guy what what is the purpose here the pastor's into it um but this is peak icp going on record and saying we regret using those slurs um so the only thing i could really come up with was they were trying to make him infamous like that like the point was like it, it like when people started posting Alex Jones cuz it feels a lot like an Alex Jones rant mm-hmm. they're, they're turning the frogs gay uh and, if, and and people would like remix him and it wasn't to like oh this guy's so yeah. cool it's like no to make let's troll this let's troll this asshole let's fucking burn Did him. you know they kind of were turning the frogs gay Okay <laughs> <laughs> um, but like so but <laughs> But it's this wild thing of they gave him. Oh, and this is all to say. So when I was looking around, um, I found this Reddit page that like asked was asking the same question. And I'm like, oh, I've been listening to ICP for like 22 weeks. I can kind of and I, I post this whole thing and like where ICP was, how Christian really are they? Because no one seemed to know it wasn't an ICP Reddit. So I post this whole thing and I'm like, oh, I should probably plug the podcast. What, what is this Reddit page exactly? Uh, so they were a fundamentalist Christian Reddit page that I didn't know I contributed to, <laughs> but I spread the word of the clowns. <laughs> Hell yeah. S- spreading the wicked word to fundamentalist Christians since 2022. 
Uh, uh, I, we do from 632 over on the Discord. They weighed in on this. Oh, yeah. So I asked them because th- this is our review section because there's just no reviews of this album. Really, it's it's kind of was released without really much like hoopla about it on Amazon. There's two reviews. One's a one star review just saying you're asking too much for this, which they didn't even buy it. It's not a review <laughs> of the album. So they said I'm reviewing the cost, sir. Too high. <laughs> They said, I very much enjoyed the whole album. It for sure has a Ringmaster Terror Wheel vibe to it. I said the same thing about Terror Wheel, but not in the good way. And Mm -hmm. it is a a great storytelling album. Hell Cellar is another mirror being held up so we know how not to be a piece of shit in real life. Nightmare scenarios, the inner thoughts of a child bullied to death, the dude who can't die. And then (laughs) I can see it all. Just made my stomach turn. What an ending. Oh, to that song. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. Not not the ending of the album. The final part of the truth seems to be them put. I didn't even ask for this. This is just them saying this. Seems to be putting their overt homophobia to bed with the preacher's diatribe about queer folk fading slowly to the sound of flames. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't even. Holy fuck. Oh, six, yeah. That's three, a huge two. part of it. Holy shit, man. Uh, Or at least I hope that's the case. The album sure had its fair share of homophobic linguistics. Overall, a solid effort and some of Jay's best work delivery wise. I like it. You had a visceral, you had a visceral reaction to that. I just, I I mean, this was, I guess I really just thought ICP was way more perverse. I was just like, ah, this is just some fucking crazy shit they put on here. I mean, I guess I'm not... I'm so used to seeing that stuff, like, that I was just like, oh, this guy's really going off. But I really thought they were just like, hey, isn't this some kooky stuff? Look at this fucking guy. And we got the hell vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was Which, even that serious no, it's, of a reflection. I took it as like, hey, this is the, this is wickedry in hell's pit. Like, this, these people are going to hell. You will hear these people if you end up here spewing this hatred. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm in hell and I have to hear this, not John Leguizamo being a cute little clown. I'd be so pissed off. I also, by the way, in that uh, that Reddit diatribe to the fundamentalist Christian community, I did compare ICP to Spawn because I think that's the closest comparison you can make. Uh, especially the that's funny because even though you were talking about Spawn, I thought about Encanto again. John Lennon's <laughs> album, so <laughs> I just thought you were talking about him. I was like, oh yeah, that guy was kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> well, the, those are Tom those Le- are all my notes. Sound like Wasamo's great. That's my, that's my great. note. Sound like Wasamo's one amazing. man shows are incredible. His one man so shows good. are great. That's that's someone who is not recognized for how good they mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. for what they do. Sound like Wasamo's his one man shows absolutely need to be like. That shit's revered. That shit's so good. Top tier. Well, guys, we're to that point, and I feel like all of us have different ones. What is going on the playlist? I'll fucking st- nothing. I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Yo, fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. You kidding me? 10 out of 10. Perfect album. Uh, the isolated... No. Um, I think you guys are right. I really... And last, last album, I chose a song based on story, not on music. And it's, like, and it's weird. The canon myself... That might just be a personal thing. I get any any character when someone writes someone who's just like 
dying but can't die but they have to just kind of like drag their body around like a like a sentient zombie that's just just funny to me um but it doesn't it doesn't push the lore forward um it doesn't really it doesn't do anything for the overall mythos so i think i'm gonna go with my second choice um because i also fucking love i i really i want to i want listen guys for real i want to prowl like the wolf do at night big bad wolf baby Guys, I truly, truly thought going into this, everyone was going to think the same thing as me. Hey, all of them suck. None of them deserve to go on besides Clown Show. I just, I thought Clown Show was the- Clown Show? Yes. (laughs) I mean, I get it. What one are you guys, you guys are saying Big Bad Wolf? Yes. I mean, I said nothing. You say none of them, but, which is fair. But within I'm the Bad realm Wolf. of ICP, like I would definitely say Big Bad Wolf, but more so uh, Alakazam. Alakazam was my shit. I think Alakazam uh, should be the realm there too. Of ICP, but like honestly, I would just say my biggest mistake, and I, I mean oh, this geez. earnestly. I do respect ICP and everything they've done and their fans, but my biggest mistake coming into this was was not realizing that people actually took the shit they said even remotely seriously. So I never I well, never it, gave a shit to find any of the nuance in any of these songs. <laughs> it's the weird thing. You shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't take it seriously. It's not to be taken seriously. I again the, the reason I got into this was because I enjoy lore hunting. I like those weird like so it's, but it's but I you don't take it seriously. Like it the lore is we're murder clowns from heaven. We've been sent by God to fucking stick your ass with a knife. And then I yes. have sex with a big titty lady. Like, it's not to be taken seriously. I mean, okay, you are, you're trivial. Okay, then I guess I care about the Lord. You are trivializing. Oh, that's what I, the reason that's what why I mean. you, like, <laughs> the reason why you got into this is because I read the liner notes to their first album, Carnival of Carnage, and it reads like a socialist manifesto of taking down the rich and bringing up everyone so everyone is comfortable and able to live a life and you're like holy shit this is insane and this was in 1992 an underground rap duo by one white person and one half polish half native american man and they're doing this like crazy shit that it's like what the (laughs) fuck is going on with these people and but then they're when they rap it's like uh, redneck hoe, and it's like, what, what, what are yeah. you? I feel what? like it's kooky, kooky clown raps, <laughs> kooky dark clown raps. That's what I always am like with ICP. Mm-hmm. So when you guys say all this stuff, I feel bad because I was like, wow, none of it registered, even though I was listening dead to it. It just sounds like kooky clown, <laughs> like horror well, no. pork rap. It's wild. <laughs> it's like it's like. well, and that's. I think it's the. I think one of the reasons I also want to do this podcast is because it's not accessible. Before starting this, I thought it was the same thing. And I think the only reason I can at this point delve into and spec- speculate why they would put on a fucking like an asshole like uh, Pastor Anderson is because I've, you know, we've listened to 20, 21 albums already uh, and, and read the comics. I have. Um, you have not. You were gone for. No, you were gone for two weeks. Oh, OK, I missed two of them. So like 19. Um, but it's one of those. But it's. It, it, it's one of those things because it's not readily available. They don't make it obvious. Like they make it, mm-hmm. they purposely hide a lot of that shit. Like that. That's that's the thing when when uh the, when Shangri La came out and they're like, "Psych, it's been about God the whole time." It 
it it was it was a, it was a shock. It, it was it was Hulk Hogan coming out uh, as the third member of the NWO and turning heel level of swerve. Nobody saw it coming Be, because because it it is on the surface wacky clown murder shit. Uh, yeah, big, and I mean respect to them, but yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> I just stood up, and uh, I hope you guys didn't see me in my underwear. Oh, I didn't look. Okay, grateful to that me. every day. But I, but I think that's also like part of their thing they don't want you to take it seriously like if if, if they heard the, if they heard me on this podcast kind of like <laughs> deep diving into the lore they pro- they'd think I was, a, I was a fucking nerd and guess what it's because i am a fucking nerd they'd be like wow i feel so bad for the person who has to edit this but fuck <laughs> off <laughs> but that's the thing but i think but i think that's the thing and it's, honestly that is what's fun to me it's like taking like something, even like something like I, I always love Super Mario Brothers, a video game series that purposefully had no storyline. There was there was never supposed to be a real story or lore to Mario, and then kind of piecing pieces together. Like, well, with the pieces we have, what can we assume mm-hmm. about the story? Like that has just always been interesting to me. Is that John Leguizamo is Luigi, and they have these boots that make Bringing you jump. Back. John Leguizamo's everywhere, man. He's John Leguizamo's everywhere. Jim! Hold on, guys. Yeah. I, got, I have to answer the door. Creek? John Leguizamo, he's come to take me away from this podcast. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, Nick, thank you so much for being here. What you got to plug? Uh, Yeah, I have uh, my YouTube channel, Just Nick Period. Uh, I have my most recent project, Only Child Mixtape, just came out. You can find it on SoundCloud because I couldn't clear any of the samples, obviously. And then um, my Twitter, everything else is just Nick Period. My main website is just Nick Hell and, yeah. And period is spelled out for everyone who yes, is wondering. Yes, it is spelled out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The word. Sean, what Hell you yeah. got? Uh, I'm over <clears throat> burping uh, awesome. on twitch.tv slash Goose Von Kaiser. Uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Sean Marciniak at all things. I don't post a lot, but you can send me dudes and that'd be chill. Hey guys, listen to Mostly Speaking Sentai. Sean's been on a bunch. Nick's been on a few times. It's Nicole and I. We're discussing Super Sentai. If you like wrestling, you're also going to like Super Sentai. But if you don't watch Super Sentai at all, we make it so accessible that you do not need to watch it. We barely talk about it. It should be called Barely Speaking Sentai. Ay, ay, ay. Then also go go to MLMPod.com to find out information about that podcast, my other podcast, or listen to Sweet Child of Time, the new podcast I'm doing. It's about Wheel of Time with Steve Introvoid Barnes. Oh, yeah. Then go over to Patreon.com forward slash MLMPod. Oh, my God. You get engaged with Nicolas Cage. No law. I mean, you still get talking about Beyblade, but it's done. We're doing a Sam and Max podcast next. Oh, yeah, baby. This existence also over there and the Toku Reading Corner. That's $5 a month. You get all of those, a new podcast every single Friday. Plus, if you're a $10 patron, you get exclusive watch-alongs and streams, but also you get your goddamn name shouted out. So if you have like a juggalo handle and you want that shouted out on every single episode of this, as well as Mostly Speaking Sentai and the Sam and Max podcast, probably you're going to get it happening. So let's begin. Steve F., Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour, Alex Z, the Waz, also our old boss, 
I'm saying our to Nick, not to uh, to Sean. Uh, yeah, nobody cares. Keep going. Keep going. Orion. He's a rapper. Defo. D hyphen F O. Kayla, aka Two Grapes. Tyler Wright. Elliot W. At Garlic Sunshine on Instagram for their amazing artwork. Jordan B. The Chaos Witch and the aforementioned Steve Barnes. Intro Void on Spotify and Substack. I've been James. I'm Sean still, and I'm Nick. And we've been shuffling this goddamn deck in it. Wow, I can't believe it took two and a half hours to talk about this. Bye. <laughs> this has been a Marshland Media production produced by James McCullum. For more content, please visit mlmpod.com. To support our network and have access to exclusive podcasts, head over to patreon.com forward slash MLMPod and sign up today. All right. Uh, yes. I also realize Nick hates improv, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate improv shows, but I am fine with the, the actual craft of improv all okay. right. Well, this is pretty much going to be improv. Oh, yeah.